This is why you have inexpensive collections like me. <laughs> is there, yeah, is there like a... She's referring to her 900 plus Pez. Yeah, is, the, is there like a weird like Santa Fe, New Mexico Pez cruise that you go to every year? <laughs> sure there's conventions. There's a Pez visitor center in Connecticut that I've been dying to go to. Are there Pez conventions though? I'm oh, I'm yes. I'm sorry. on Have that right now. Have you seen the Pez Outlaw? Oh my god! I'm at the Pez I'm at, Outlaw. Oh, I'm sorry. The what? It's a new. Do- it's, a, it's, a, it's a documentary. It's a documentary on Netflix. And okay, I watched it with my best friend, who is a normal person who does not collect Pez, and she also found it very entertaining. So you should absolutely. It's for normal people too. It is as a normal so person. funny. As a normal so, American. As a normal, as a normal <laughs> American. As the most normal American. So you can go to the Northeast Pez Collectors Convention. And the Maryland Pez Collection, oh the Michigan Pez Convention, Pezamania, the Northwest Pez Convention. That's August 17th to 19th. Is that um, up here? It's in Spokane Valley, Washington. Oh, it's I'm not driving to Spokane. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. Registration's it, open, Pez though, Outlaw, guys. The Pez Outlaw is about a guy who discovered that these conventions exist. He's basically like a living, like, really benign, like, con man guy. And he was like, oh, these exist. And there's, in Pez World, there's Pez USA and there's Alex. Pez International. <laughs> Alex. And Alex, do you have a passport? Yes. Yeah, I do, yeah. Well, you guys got to move quick because August 24th to 26th is Vienna International Pez Gathering, and that only happens every four years. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pez, Pez began in I think you guys got to go to Austria, Vienna. I think. Yeah, this is Pez. Pez International is housed. You can honor Billy Joel there. Somewhere over. Hey, uh, my two loves. Can <laughs> <laughs> be like a tenth anniversary thing. There, anyway, Pez International, Pez USA gatekeeps what is allowed to come into America. So not all Pez that Pez International makes enter America. And this wow. guy figured that out, and went to Pez International, and he got Pez like he paid like the people there stuff on the side under the table to like get thousands and thousands and thousands of Pez that he put in suitcases and brought back. And this would have been, um, what's the word? It starts with a C, uh, customs. He, he wouldn't have gotten through customs except that Pez USA forgot to like sign some legal paperwork saying who could come in with wow. Pez. And, uh, so he got in and he did this for years and he got in a fight with the president, which is the guy who's the president of Pez USA. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Why she pregnant with Pez? No, this is okay. This is the Pez bride. I have, I have her in bobblehead oh form God, and in normal Alex, Pez what? form. <laughs> the stork is carrying the a Pez, Pez baby. Bride. It's probably Pez boy. Yeah, yeah, Pez bride. Yeah. Is there bride yeah. of Pez? I have Tim, Tim Burton's Son the Pez, Pez bride. I have a Pez yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Pez boy. That's their mascot. That's their mascot. Pez boy. The Why story is isn't over I yet. I don't know. Because it hasn't she, happened yet. Does she birth all the new Pez they put out every year? Yeah. Is that what's implied? No nuts. No nuts. Yes, Pez yes, candy. Pez. No nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Most Pez, Pez collectors have worst. allergies. Pez candy tastes like ass, and I you, feed it to all of my students all the time. You, you, I. Yes. Yes, I do. I collect the dispensers and I do not eat the candy. Yes. I love this for you. We're all freaks in our own little ways. Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world.
That's right. It's that time again. It's, as you know, the podcast dedicated to covering the first and last episode of every television program in existence. And that brought us to, uh, to Master's May. Welcome to, to Master's, Master's May, everybody. Welcome to Master's May. It is very quickly ending because, one, I don't think these episodes will be coming out much in May. And two, Stephen has already told me the next show. And I he's got the not text. continuing the bit? He is not continuing the bit. And we have to kick him off the show. He's he's the one who's supposed to do the bits. I, there was a moment where I was kind of like, I don't have to see this. I only got the message. I, oh, I didn't see. Oh, I just improv for you. I picked something good. I picked the Masters on NBC <laughs> or, or Golf on uh, USA. Uh, <laughs> we could have we could have doubled up in, on Masters and Don Coscarelli stuff and on the Beastmaster TV series. I, that's what I told this. him to do. I'm Ian Benson. Yes. <laughs> I fully got sidetracked. <laughs> it's Masters May. Uh, I, ooh, what are you drinking there, Matt? This is a wonderful Kolsch from uh, uh, Saturday Brewing in Wisconsin. Well, so that's Matt. That's Matt. He's got a wonderful Kolsch. I've got a White Claw Mango that was left in my fridge after a movie night. Delightful. Travis and Alex. Also, Alex is joining us. Travis and Alex, Hi. what do you guys got? What's your Bev check? Nothing. Dry right now. Female oh. rage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't usually bring a Bev to the pod. <laughs> Sometimes you get a glass of water in between, maybe. Oh, well, sustain yourself. I, I'm glad that the female rage keeps you hydrated. I, I also it just does. have a rag soaked in a woman's blood that I'm sucking on occasionally. That's my other mm. Bev. Stephen Dutton isn't here because uh, we've removed... Both of his eyes are missing, and we've changed yeah, we, them. Yeah, we we, to we have like this manual run drill press that you crank, and it it it's specifically built to remove his eyeballs, and we did that to him. And he's being attacked by a Japanese ghost in the middle of open water. And there's a really annoying old man in a wheelchair singing at him while <laughs> this is happening. My name is Buddy. <laughs> yeah, we, that guy is just. I say Stephen's <laughs> destined to become that guy. <laughs> we need a um. A music cue for when we get an As You Know All Star, I think is what really, yeah. Like play, play the theme because I was not, I was sleepwalking through these episodes, and like until I was the like, king, no way the original showed up, <laughs> and then I was like, I pressed play, and I was like, is that the fucking guy from the originals? <laughs> and then I Daniel like Gillies, stood there, shout the fuck out. I wouldn't know the originals was too boring. I took a shower. I was making cannolis. And I like paused and I thought to myself, how did life lead me to this moment where I recognize an actor from the originals? <laughs> but it has. And that's what Those we're people here to don't look like anything to me. That I think was my take. The originals was my version of like Matt watching Sailor Moon or whatever, where I was just like, this was just static on a screen that occurred. I don't remember what well, it looked like. I hope, I hope today, though, your version of watching Masters of Horror leads to a. An insightful conversation. That's why we called in Alex. You know, Stephen wasn't out, and we were like, you know what? We need, we need a, we need a, a terrifying foursome to cover this anthology Showtime horror series uh, created by Mick Garris. Is this our first anthology program? We did. Are you afraid we of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? And we did. What was the other scary one that was not that? And uh, mystery. Beyond belief. What, what Beyond, Beyond belief. Factor fiction. Yeah. I almost said our mystery is real with the Mr. Show sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, our mystery is real? <laughs> Welcome to our new program, no, Our Mystery is Real. we made them up. <laughs> Matt, this is your pick this week. Yeah. Why'd you pick Masters of Horror? Thought it would be fun. Uh, I've, I've been picking some like grueling shit uh, the last few weeks. I thought I could pick something that 
I don't know, had a little more meat on its bones, maybe would be like at least decently made. Uh, we did not get that. Yeah, at least in the first episode. Wrong on all counts. <laughs> We've been better off with the far less problematic MXC that we turned down. <laughs> uh, I, the bummer with this show is you see who made the other episodes. Dude, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually yeah, I'm very some... happy with the second episode because it allows me to talk about the um, all the Ring sequels that I've seen uh, and like Koji Suzuki and just various J-horror stuff. Uh, so I'm not, like, if I'm gonna get a guy who made mostly dog shit movies, I'm happy with that guy. But I wish we would have gotten Carpenter as the first episode. Yeah. Or so Masters of Horror. The way that the television program worked was, um, it was a program created by Mick Garris. Who, what is, what is what has Mick Garris done? Uh, Sleepwalkers. Yeah. Riding the bullet. Yeah, he's course, very much a yeah. B-horror guy. He's one of the yeah. least accomplished of the people that were involved in the making of this. But he did work on Amazing Stories, which is the Spielberg anthology series. Oh. Uh, and uh, was like, what if there was a horror version of that? He was at a dinner. He invited some friends over to a dinner in Sherman Oaks. And it was John Carpenter and Larry Cohen and Don Cascarelli and Joe Dante and Guillermo del Toro and Stuart Gordon. And is it Toby or Toby, Toby Hooper. Hooper? Toby. Okay, I was writing that. Toby Hooper and Bill Malone. And it's weird. I'm trying to read this last name here, but um, it's completely whited out. Is I, a, I would say, is a helicopter whirring near you and you can't hear it because... Uh, and it's also after hours and I should be... And I'm illegally working with these children on set so I can finish <laughs> my part of the X-Files movie. The and Twilight my horrible... Movie. My horrible son is here, and he's writing his screenplay chronicle as we're doing all of this. <laughs> Anyways, fuck John Landis. Yeah, the only master of real life horror of any of these people, uh, uh, to our knowledge, I suppose. I didn't know that. That's what Stuart Gordon looked like. He just looks. I like still a guy. don't know what he looks like. Looks yeah, like I don't a guy know. He looks from like Chicago. <laughs> I but picture the art, the 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 Dagon like DVD art or whatever, <laughs> and I'm like, that's Stuart Gordon. Yeah, sure. You said he was from Chicago, the, the and I immediately guy. pictured the most Chicago man. Like, you can't <laughs> yeah, tell that, me somebody's uh, from Chicago without me immediately seeing not, Italian beef grease off. on their face. <laughs> Dude, I saw somebody eating an Italian beef behind the wheel of a car, like, making a left turn onto my street the other day. <laughs> but were you also like, I bet this guy loves H.P. Lovecraft? <laughs> I, I guess I should have thought that. Maybe it was uh, Stuart Gordon. Anyways... Uh, so yeah, he, he did this, there was this informal dinner and he was like, what if we, you know, what if we, uh, kept doing these things and we made a series about this, you know, you get this, this varied group of people and it's really exciting to read the people who made, like Carpenter did two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of them did two. Dario Argento. Yeah. Oh dude. I bet that episode is yet. dog fucking shit. <laughs> it's called Jennifer. Um, a police officer oh, saves that one had a the scary life little image with it. of a hideous young woman. Or sorry, a hideously deformed young woman. Just a hideous Only young woman. So <laughs> <laughs> ugly, bro. I can't believe he saved this. She's just like a two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, this busted bitch. <laughs> Dario Argento, famous for only casting most busted looking, looking women. Yeah, obviously. Wow, wait, Tom Holland made an episode? 
What? The, uh, was he like five? Not that Tom Holland. Oh. The director oh, thank Tom. You. What is, thank what you, is director Tom? But also, what is That's director what Tom Holland known for again? Uh, he did uh, Psycho two, and uh, he wrote Child's Play. Okay. And he uh, he uh, wrote and directed Fright Night. Okay, he did Fright Night. Uh, I was partially my yeah. mind was confusing him with um, Tom Hooper, I believe, the King's Speech and uh, Cats guy. I mean, truly, when we talk about the modern masters of horror, we must acknowledge Tom <laughs> Hooper, who is whose uh, unsettling, disquieting vision of uh, human Jason sexuality Derulo. and the, da- the Danish girl uh, caused many a person to recoil in horror. Uh, caused one's trans critic to say, whatever I am, it's not that, in regards to the <laughs> film The Danish Girl. Um, yeah. Uh, no, uh, the apparently, the, so uh, one of the episodes, uh, you know, uh, w- for the show, it's a bummer that it's like Guillermo del Toro's involved, and then Guillermo del Toro doesn't make any of the episodes. Nor does Wes Craven, I believe. Uh, but um, Takashi Amike, uh he made an episode called Imprint, that was the finale of the first season. And um, Mick Garris, the pr- creator and executive producer of the series, called the episode the most disturbing film I've ever seen, and it didn't air and was only released on DVD. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, I've never seen a Mike, but that's what I that's tend kind to hear. Of deal, and also, yeah. also, it makes sense that he was on this because he's just like, oh, I need, uh, what, like two days to film? Yeah, I could do yet another thing in the midst of all the other 45 movies I'm doing this year or whatever. Yeah, no, I was going to say, Travis, I think there are some um, Mikes that you would like, like uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, Diamond is Unbreakable, Chapter 1. I think you could get into that. Um, Yakuza, Like a Dragon, the movie by Takashi Mike, <laughs> based on the PlayStation 2 game. That could be something you could dig. Uh, some people really like 13 Assassins. I almost read the Wikipedia for Audition today, but I'm like, Dude. do I ever want to watch Audition? Uh, no. Because that's yeah, one where you're also I mean, like, don't want to be spoiled on. It's not... I mean, you know what happens. No, I don't. Oh, well. Some fucked up shit. That's my yeah. only understanding. Yeah. I've seen Solo. I can do anything. You could watch Audition, for sure. I, I, it's I fine. It's like not... I, I don't know. It certainly doesn't like stand alone in like, oh, it's such a high quality horror film. It's fine. I was going to say, the first half of that movie is like just kind of almost like a rom-com isn't it isn't yeah part of the yeah thing? like the shocking thing is that it takes a like insane kind of torture porn turn it's fine i don't know i'll watch ichi the killer sometime maybe sure or gozu or ace attorney his 2012 film <laughs> adapting uh phoenix Wright's ace attorney into a movie i don't understand this violence <laughs> no he truly just like goes back and forth between the most violent or gnarly stuff of all time and like video game adaptations. Right. That only he does those. He, he, right. He does those to fund his violent shit is my understanding. Maybe he's a Guillermo del Toro like though, where that's actually the passion project and the small films that get him clout <laughs> are the things he does so he can keep doing the passion projects. But unfortunately we're not here to talk about those guys. We're here to talk about incident on and off a mountain road. By Don Coscarelli. Wait, we're looking. We're, we're not talking about. Oh, she's trying to figure out where the actress from this first one. What she knows her. She's from. just a rom com regular. Ah. From the. F- she looks like Lila Garrity. She does look like Mika Kelly at certain angles. Yes, yes, that was a big. Agreed. She also looks like this one actress who's on Criminal Minds for multiple seasons from certain angles. It's the mouth. 
which is a thing that Travis insists that I. <laughs> it's what you say about everyone, which is what leads I, you to some not of the most look like wild mix-ups of people I've ever seen. I can't say I've ever really thought like I looked at a mouth of a famous person and then another mouth of a famous person, and been like, "Those are the exact same mouths. These are these people look alike." These it's not just alike. the mouth. It's it's the mouth in combination with other things. But some people have really unique mouths shapes. She does. It's hard for Alex to make eye contact with people because she's so small, so she just looks at their mouths. No, I'm mostly looking at people's chests. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you have any relationship with this program? Um, I certainly knew that it existed and had. I had it on my radar for, I mean, a fucking decade at least. But I never got around to watching it, so I figured this was a good opportunity. Travis, what about you? I had heard of it, but that's it. And Alex, I imagine... No. I only watch rom-coms. I'm waiting for the day I'll cover Gilmore Girls. She watches rom-coms in SVU. Did anybody have any relationship with... What is it? Don Cascarelli? Don I have seen Bubba Hotep many years ago. I have very little memory of it. I've never seen a Phantasm movie. I know people like at least the first one, but I know nothing about that franchise. I... Does it ever happen to you where you go to a Wikipedia page and you're like, wait a minute, this link here, I've clicked on this link before, and you're like trying to remember who you are where you've clicked on the the fact that Don Coscarelli's uh, daughter is an award-winning vegan chef and I already have her name like that I clicked oh. on and I clicked <laughs> and I was like, how did I get to this before? Huh. Um, tr- Matt, you and I have a relationship with Don Cascarelli. Yeah. Because of his 20... 20- I'm oh, sorry, it's 2002 masterpiece. Right. Bubba, Bubba Hotep. Hotep. A movie that's I, also, John Dies exists. at the End. I've seen that one, too. Oh, he it's did fun. John Dies at the End. Yeah. Um, I heard that was horrible, but I have uh, yeah. not seen it. I, comedy horror needs to be put in the fucking grave. La- last week, or the most recent one that I edited, Steven said that like a Meet the Fockers movie is his least favorite type of media. <laughs> My least favorite type of media is comedy horror. How do you feel about like Evil like Dead Cabin two? in the Woods kind of shit? Like, okay, I think I think beat meta. that to death with a shovel. Are you talking like can it be comedy horror or does it are we spe- meta like, horror in general, is we- fine? I like the Scream movies. Yeah, it was like the but, man is obsessed with Scream. <laughs> but I, that's why I'm sorry. I was talking about like the comedic meta horror. Yeah, because I would say I don't. I haven't seen John Dies at the end. I've only heard the name. Um, but I would say like you know the kind of thing in Cabin in the Woods is like it's also like oh we're we're having some more fun with it like. Yeah, there aren't parts of Cabin in the Woods, you know, where I was like, "Oh, this is frightening." While Scream is, has moments where I'm like, "Oh, this is frightening." Also, yes. Scream is too clever for its own good. Oh yeah, so definitely. That's why I like it. Yeah. Uh, I just watched Scream. It's not like so good that it feels like uh, like somebody could call it important. I just watched Scream two for the first time earlier this week, um, and um, a plus killer reveal. A plus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Truly remarkable <laughs> when it happens where I was like, I don't even have words for what's going on. Travis you and Alex, you ever seen Scream 2? I've never seen any of the sequels. I've never uh, seen any of them. Just the show Most that the we watched for good? this podcast and the original movie. At least the Wes Craven well, sequels are all good. People liked Scream, and I've seen reviews of Scream 6 that call it an absolute dog shit film and truly <laughs> abhorrent. It's fine. It's pretty fun. A new low in the art of cinema. False. Uh, which is why we're here to talk about another new low, the works of Don Coscarelli. Yeah, fuck this guy. Program. 
uh, I think Masters of it, Horror. it's worth mentioning now. I mentioned this before we started recording, but like it's worth mentioning that the two episodes that we covered or that we're going to cover are very representative of what 2005 horror was like, like what horror was in the culture. So 2005 was the year that Saw 2 came out. Saw is a film that may have had some level of like artistic validity in my opinion. I think I haven't seen it in a long time, but like the the first Saw had something going on. Saw 2 is where it started just being like I don't know, kind of Walking Dead style, like most creative type of kills, most gory torture porn shit. So it was either that, and 2005 is also the year that Hostel came out. Shout out Eli Roth, noted fucking psychopath. Uh, I was going to say, can we not shout out Eli Roth? (laughs) (laughs) Can we do the opposite? Yeah, whatever the opposite of a shout out. Boo, jeers to uh, Eli Roth. Boo. Um, But the other poll in 2005 was also uh, was remakes kicked off by The Ring with Naomi Watts. Actual shout out to Naomi Watts. it was it was remakes of classic Japanese horror films. Um, we got The Grudge, we got The Ring, uh, and like everybody classic, was kind but of cla- classic in the sense that, that they're style. like canonized, but they were canonized, only yeah. a few years old at the time. Yeah, yeah, they were nineteen ninety seven or whatever. Like, yeah, Did I watch Pulse. The original. Pulse is great. Yeah, I put that on my watch list because I like. I Cure. saw Cure, and Cure is really fucking good. Yeah, Cure is awesome. Pulse is I Pulse. I think might be my favorite one. Um, okay. I don't know. They're all they're all fucking great. I will never watch a Grudge because the meowing kid freaks me out too much. The Japanese like version, get, like the, get the, the Japanese Grudge films, are also like notably the most overtly violent ones of any of the like kind of canonized J horror stuff. Um, which really surprised me because the U.S. version turned it into like kind of just a PG thirteen carbon copy of what The Ring did, including the color treatment, which is just pure fucking blue. Uh, <laughs> But I, yeah, so that, that this like we get both sides, and the 2005 torture porn era will go down as the worst era for horror in history. We're we're it's um, over. We're not like, ready. We're not doing that shit anymore because it was horrible. Like and like it wasn't just yeah. critically reviled. Like people didn't want to see it. It's it's like I think on its face, pretty awful shit. And it sucks that the first episode of this was at least adjacent to that style of filmmaking. When is like uh, like Wrong Turn or like movies like that or like Wolf? Those those are all in that vein too, right? Like yeah. Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. I just uh, we're not we're not ready to talk about the Ring franchise uh, because of the fact that that's more the second episode. But I yeah. am now learning the names of the Ring trilogy, the books versus oh boy. the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's Ring, and then Ring 2, and then later there's Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is very oh, you're, much you're the, talking like, about the American ones? Uh, well, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I guess there's so many levels to talk about with the Ring trilogy. <laughs> because... <laughs> if you want me to do some real freak shit on this episode, I can't. It seems that it's... Okay, film-wise, it's in 19... 19- oh, my God! Oh, it's a disaster. I've it is nev- impossible I've seen to keep up with. Every single one of these films, unless there was one released in the last two years. Okay. Well, so the thing is that there's 1995's Ring. Yeah. Which is the most accurate to the text. Yeah. But it was for television. Yep. And then there's Ring, or what you know everyone knows Ringu. as uh, Ringu. Yeah. Uh, when it was released here. And then Spiral. Spiral. Which is the sequel. But only and one of the sequels. Like, 
Yeah, well, no, no, no. So spiral, the books go ring, spiral, loop. Yes. And the movies are ring, spiral, everyone hates spiral. I mean, ring two, ring the final <laughs> chapter, the ring versus Korean remake, yeah. Razen, the series, ring Razen, zero, yeah, birthday. Like, the one that we watched? And then it's, and then they're like, America, like, this is all done. And then America's like, hey, we're in. And they're like, okay, the ring, the ring two. But it's T-W-O, and it's also The Ring and not Ring. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. I love this. Also, wait, so Matt, you haven't seen Sadako I believe, DX? And then R- Rings, Sadako I believe, DX. is the one where she like hijacks like an in-flight movie or whatever. So then, <sighs> so or something. fucking stupid. So yeah, we'll after, the Ring 2, <laughs> after The Ring 2, there was Sadako 3D. Yeah, seen And that. then Sadako 3D 2. Yeah. This is around the time that Sadako was throwing out first pitches at Japanese baseball games. Yeah. Real thing that happens. <laughs> then yeah, then that they rules. do like Sadako versus Juwan or yeah. whatever. No, it's Sadako versus Kayoka, which is which, the thing yeah, from, is Juwan, from Juwan. But yeah. 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 And then Rings and then Sadako and then Sadako DX. I got to know about Sadako, Sadako DX. Sadako XD, Gale of Darkness. Sadako DX looks like you're going to hate it, Matt. <laughs> Why? Supernatural slasher comedy. Oh, boy. I see somebody in pink and a cheerleader outfit and like a guy on the poster next to her like, huh? Like hand under his chin thinking and then you have fucking uh, Sadako uh, like crawling in front of both of them. They should make they should make this film franchise into like 2002 era American sex comedies, but in Japan. Oh, uh, <laughs> Sadako the Naked Mile. Yeah. Sadako DX unrated. <laughs> National Lampoon presents Sadako. <laughs> Way better Eugene idea. He's there. <laughs> He's playing uh, uh, Jim's dad. <laughs> so Don Cascarelli. Yeah. Kind of a hack. I want to say that like Adam Sandler in the Hanukkah song, and I'm not sure why. Which name? Like you're saying it to the tune of Arthur Fonzarelli? Yes, that is. You're right. That is the one it is. Yeah. Donna Cascarelli. Cas- Cascarelli. Uh, yeah, he got to make the first episode. Uh, Production-wise. Is it because he was cheap to and they, they just wanted to like run, yeah. run this by Showtime first? And this is based on a short story, which seems to be a thing for a lot of them. Uh, a short story by... Uh, uh, Joe R. Lansdale, who also is who known also for wrote Baba Hotep. Well, I was gonna say it in a more silly way, but yeah, <laughs> he also wrote Happen Leonard. Whoa, this guy's okay. Yeah, I, he's got a lot going on. Like he's a prolific yeah, writer who has like awards and stuff, but also he wrote this thing. Yeah, which he, happens. Incident on and off and off on and off road. road. That is a bad name. Bad name. It is. Bad name for the Moonface credits, and they are fascinating. The guy who plays Moonface. Oh my god, that's all he plays. He plays uh, Behemoth. He plays (laughs) Ollie the Giant (laughs) in Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus 3D. He plays some guy named Goblin Strongarm (laughs) in Knights of Bloodsteel. He plays a guy named Monster Dad. (laughs) He played Irish worker. He played Irish worker in three episodes of Hell on Wheels. Wow. Irish worker. Oh, yeah. He played Band-Aid Nose Man in the X-Files. Frankenstein in Nose Man. He, apparently what there episode? was a Van Helsing parody called Stan Helsing um, where he I played Frankenstein. I scroll back up to that one. He's Mr. Toof Gib. 
He's <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, he played Solomon Grundy in Smallville. Blundergore, giant. Born mutant. on a Monday. Shaq. Shaq, but not not probably. Not. <laughs> he's on eight, he's on eight episodes of Falling Skies as a character named Shaq, and we were like, is he supposed to be seeing huh. the Band-Aid Nose Man <laughs> episode is in twenty sixteen, but it doesn't tell me what episode specifically. It's just a twenty sixteen episode of X Files. What you're telling me is that John DeSantis is going to wind up becoming an as you know all star because of the fact that Travis will one day finally pick Falling Skies. That's been on my more list hell too. on wheels. And I'll have to shrug my shoulders and be like, I guess he was that Irish worker. How how on wheels I keep thinking about picking and then i re- a i remember that it was boring and b i think brian quinby was like this is a show about meetings or something like yeah. i thought this would be great Don't dumb guy tv <laughs> it's he, really boring he's apparently also in once upon a time yeah i know dove alex i was seven on this foot Wiki- tall man in an episode of psych shout out Paul. i was on this wikipedia page <laughs> last night fucking triple checking to make sure that this guy wasn't <laughs> secretly an as you know all-star but because i was like he was like yeah. one, one so of the many, many people things. who appeared behind so a door in that finale yeah I'm just like, he could have been any of these monsters. Damn it. That's amazing. The Barbie yeah. credit is definitely the, the best one in here. He was he was Lurch on the new Adams family. He's in Master and Commander of the Master Far Side of the World. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say nothing bad about John DeSantis nor yeah. his performance. Shut his up. fine work. Shut up, Moonface. As Moonface. Oh, is that who he was in Master and Commander of the Far yeah. Side of the World? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, he was Padeen. Yeah. I don't remember uh, Paul Bettany having to deal with the moon face. <laughs> he played a big tortoise uh, on the Galapagos Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember Paul drawing that now that you mention it. Incident on and off at some road. Um, a road. A mountain road. Mountain road. Mountain road. It opens with the longest unbroken scene of just somebody driving to some like sentimental acoustic music some breakup song it was eternal eternal Uh, i watched this episode last night last night being a friday and i saw all this car driving and the night before i had for my my movie night with friends watched drive my car and i really was like staring at this and i was like so yeah we're just gonna get like a quiet simmering sort of like you know horror treatise on grief right it's just only gonna be set in a car on and off the road she'll be stopping i'm probably gonna really like it and then uh that thought left my brain because i was like what are you talking about ian what are you trying to do and then i watched the rest of the episode and was like oh treatise on grief fine horror great horror treatise on grief should be like you should have to like cut off one of your fingers like John Wick offering yourself to the high table if you want to make another one of those. Absolutely awful trope. And then and then the guy from one of the guys from uh that thing you do showed up and I was like yeah. <laughs> I would say is Ethan Embry an all star because he's just a guy who's around. I was checking I don't think so. I I was trying to look through that yesterday. I don't think I found anything that would make him one. He wasn't on any of the episodes of Batman Beyond we covered. I think he's just around. He plays in flashbacks the former partner of our main character. His name is like Lily, I think. Uh, he plays the man it's with Lila. the most red flags of all time. Yeah, um, right. He starts. Uh, he's introduced being like you know in Thailand they sell babies into prostitution. He's introduced being like sometimes I just want to kill them all or whatever while staring to space, and then she's like, "Teehee, it's our first date." Hey, hey! I think I really want to hear this, and it's like, okay, man. I maybe don't sign up for this. I've seen heat. You know, it's not that different from being like book on medals. You know, just being like, yeah. Sometimes I want to kill them all. Uh, Her name, by the way, is Ellen. 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 Lily from. Um, 
Do we want to go chronological or we just however they tell it? Because we have kind of distaste for this one, and I think we'd all prefer to talk about uh, dead, dead, wet Japanese. Kind of spirits. just how they tell it. I mean, okay, so yeah. she gets okay. into she drives into another car on the road on this isolated mountain road in in Oregon or something, and it's empty. Um, but she soon sees a monstrous man thing. It's a, a man. Solomon Grundy ass. Yeah. Th- yes. Like a somewhat mutant big dude with like, looks like like metal teeth or something. He looks, uh, he, he looks like the second evolution of a Pokemon where the final one is the engineers from Prometheus. Uh, I guess so. I could follow. I could follow that. But he's got a really big face, and he's big he's and pale, and bald. Yeah, no, pale. I am pale. That guy was alabaster. He's white. Yeah. Well, he's called Moonface for a reason. Yeah, and, and he, it's that he's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, he was actually called Moonface as a child, and they all bullied him. And I bet you feel bad now. That's his actual it's origin just story. He was on prednisone. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a Moonface origin story and I just don't remember it all? No, there was no, no explanation and for this him. This is part of what made me so mad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll go on this rant when we describe a little yeah, bit. Yeah. She was that. doing, at first I was like, okay, this just, uh, right. Alex, no, well, but also like that tweet of the, the girl asking, why are they shooting the dog in the thing and the boyfriend going, have you ever seen a movie? You watch it, and then information is revealed. It's <laughs> but, a thing that I do to Alex every day. But sometimes <laughs> but, it's not, and then I get mad. But sometimes that's to make it scarier. But in this case, it was also, like, we like, don't have time. Don't, we don't feel like putting this in here. It's only they don't have to minutes. answer. They don't. They don't have to answer your questions. That's the beauty of all of these things. They do when they would rather spend time. Running, running women around, chasing them, showing rape yeah. scenes, rather than giving me any context for why the monster. Is, I guess I'm going. I don't need to know why why the why monster, the monster is, is a killer. Like I, I think yeah. Ch- chasing women saying. around, going rah is a time honored horror tradition. But the relishing <laughs> of depicting rape scenes of like from these directors is really. Uh, it's obvious how much they love to do it when you see the scenes. Well, and yes. also the monster has such a specific MO that you do feel it's, like it does I, it, demand a little very bit of specific. something. And also, why is his face like that? How did the old man get uh, here? I just have a lot why, of questions. Well, why is he monstrous and we'll not just there. a we'll big guy? We'll I don't need to yeah. know why he's this a monster. I'd prefer not to know. I, I do if that's what he's going to be doing. You know, I don't think you do. I just think what you want is a more... Uh, skilled craftsman making a more nuanced, yeah. respectful thing. Yeah, uh, like, yeah the, like you have to not yeah. reveal if you're going to not reveal, or you have to reveal if you want to reveal. And this is kind of somewhere in between, and it just yeah, feels this hints pointless. at it because they have the bit where he's like putting the one dead woman up on the cross and is like hearing her scream in his mind, even though yeah. she's dead. And so then he does like the shush at her. And it's like, okay, so this guy's got some shit going on. Yeah. like yeah. Well, well, wait, wait, Travis, yeah. that was when you figured out he has some shit going on. <laughs> something might be up with this. Like, something might be cool up with this, care, this moon face character. I figured out he was uh, evil when, when we meet Basil Exposition <laughs> in the dungeon and he fucking <laughs> walks us played, through everything. Played by Angus Scrim, who is the tall man in Don Cascarelli's Phantasm series. Wow. Um, What's the deal with Phantasm? Uh, I was Wikipediaing Phantasm because I only vaguely know its existence and not what it's about. And something about taking dwarf zombies back to his planet uh, came up early, and I was like, "That movie's those are Stupid. weirder than I thought yeah. they were." 
No. This is like when He's, I is this like when I read about the Puppet Master franchise one day on Wikipedia, and then you were like the Littlest Reich. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. The experience I had, I read the phrase the Littlest Reich, and I was like, "What are we doing?" Guys? Those became like comedy films, I believe, and like exist only on direct to VOD, which is, I guess, many of these things. You know, many long running horror franchises, but Phantasm. It, my understanding is, yeah, the Tall Man is like a undertaker that is trying to like enslave humanity by turning them into zombies and there's like lots of weird dreamlike imagery in those movies that people it's like. that you get puppet master axis of evil and then puppet master x axis rising and then puppet master axis termination and then it's puppet master the littlest reich where you're like what and then blade the iron cross which i guess is a spinoff also puppet master the iron puppet master the littlest reich is written by s craig zoller who like you know wrote oh like, yeah <laughs> brawl in cell block 99 and um, like dragged across concrete yes bone and tomahawk. bone tomahawk yeah, yeah. wow you yeah. got them all well hold on yeah. <laughs> yeah he comes up on chapo a lot the like will medicare is a will be like this is like the one uh like conservative filmmaker who like makes good art with those kinds of ideas like clearly animating them He's also in some metal bands. I don't know. He's a weird As dude. Craig Zoller stated, he's not politically driven. I'm not very politically interested and believes in the philosophy of that's, art that's over That's what right-wingers like to say. That is true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Puppet Master seems like a franchise that they were like, what if we did one thing with like Nazis? And then they were like, what if this was only about puppet Nazis? And was like more comedic. But I don't know. Have you ever, Matt, have you ever seen a Puppet Master? No. Or a Phantasm? Uh, I think I've seen Phantasm, but I don't know. They blend together. My assumption is that Matt has seen one in every horror franchise at some point. It's just not always the first one. Yeah. Unless it's one that you explicitly know that I've seen them all. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I've probably seen one of them. Leprechaun 3. Is that back in yeah, the hood? Only, or is that I've, the space I've seen one? two lep- uh, Leprechaun. Back to the Hood, I believe, is like six. That's, that's the like um, classic Leprechaun film. Because there's already a previous Leprechaun in the Hood. Yeah. And then Leprechaun in Space, I think, is like fourth maybe Jesus Christ. Uh, that is for those films it's it's leprechaun leprechaun 2 leprechaun 3 leprechaun 4 in space leprechaun in the hood leprechaun back to the hood yeah. leprechaun origins and leprechaun returns yeah i've seen i think two of those then. yeah leprechaun back to the hood had my grimmest moment of recognizing uh, like an actor um which is like ah the woman from pootie tang that drinks out of the bowl of milk she's in this <laughs> So, um, <laughs> incident Sick on and in, off a mountain road. Where were we? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so Moonface, he kid, he 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 follows stages her. car crashes and then he chases yeah. her around. Yeah, he's There's oh long, man, it's chasing. He's got a cool knife that he throws. Yeah, he stages yeah. car crashes, Very, almost like steampunk, like Aquaman looking knife. I don't know. I, uh, I understand him completely. He stages car crashes because it's the only time he can come. <laughs> <laughs> so he watches Crash 2. Dude, I'm fuck- I, I am issuing a challenge to all horror filmmakers. Start a film without a car incident. Why does every horror film start in a car and then something happens, a crash or some car incident? I will say... One movie I'd love to see without that happening. I'm issuing this challenge. One of my challenge. recent favorite... I'm I'm a big coward as it's known, but I'm also brave now. So one of my favorite uh, recent um, horror horror adjacent films does start with a car incident. You could say it's an incident in a car. Are you talking it's about uh, Titan? <laughs> I am talking about Titan. It does start with an incident involving a car. Yeah, I haven't seen it and, yet. I need um, to see it. Megan starts with a car crash. Every horror film starts with a car crash. 
Listen, you know, that's how you script these things. It's, it starts with a car crash. It ends it's with a relatable, someone. scary thing in which people die. Yeah. It's very scary. That could happen to you. It could. Ha- I think about all the time how many ways I could probably die because of a car. Yeah. Same. I make Travis drive because I'm more scared of driving than he is. But it's, it's not even yeah. just driving. It's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can being be on a bike walking. is yeah, Ian's. Yeah. No, or I can be walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. There was a guy... There was some fucking guy here the other week who, a bicyclist, he just, he didn't, the guy came out unharmed, but some black Audi just cornered the guy, knocked him off his bike, and ran over his bike, and then backed over his bicycle. Oh, my God. What? Jesus. That's why you got to carry a knife like Moonface has. I got to get that big knife. It looks. It seems really throwable, like really well-weighted for throwing. it was so weird to see a big scary monster thing throw a knife like a yeah. martial artist at someone. That was very like <laughs> jarring. A lot of ideas in one monster guy, and it was unclear where these all came from or how they were supposed to go. I, I do want the backstory like- of him training in like the fucking this like is- mountains of Japan. I honestly, I thought that they were going to reveal that the survivalist X like mutated into this thing. That would have been a way better reveal. That would have been better. That would have been better by infinite. Okay, so Lila Garrity goes on this date. It like the flashback (laughs) to Lila on the date with this guy. This dude is he looks like a fucking like shock jock radio guy from Youngstown, Ohio, and she is this hot (laughs) lady. Time out. Like that's the biggest fucking red flag. First of all, is the mismatch. He's bad from the start. Okay, I want to start. I want to start two things on this. One. There is nothing more a hot woman loves than to just be with some guy. <laughs> this is a conversation. Yeah, exactly. I was like, "Have you been alive?" In the this was a conversation like I was having the other day because we, were, me and some friends, were trying to determine who was the most normal of us. And my bit was saying, "I'm a perfect. I'm the perfect median. I am the most normal man alive." Uh, I'm going on like that. And we settled on one friend because we're like, he's kind of just a guy and he's got a hot girlfriend. And there's nothing more than a guy that a hot girlfriend loves than just being with a guy. Yeah. Is the joke that we were talking about. Just a guy. And nobody knows anything about him. Two, he doesn't look like a shock jock from Youngstown, Ohio. He looks like the sidekick to a shock jock from Youngstown, Ohio. (laughs) Until eventually he evolves and like the Oakley wraparounds just like grow out of his skin basically yeah he just looks like a cop not a shock truck but again as, as we already said like he doesn't have anything that seems charming he's not no. kind of goofy with it he literally no. starts out like doing a thousand yard stare talking about killing people like you could be the killed in any instant like, i can save you but then when they're like let's do the unexpected thing like i had i was not i truly was not expecting that when he like has her on the ground and she's like let me up that he was going to propose because he had another like thousand mile stare into nothing and i was like what is gonna happen here and then he's like yeah i guess he was just thinking about now's the time that i'm gonna pull the ring out his energy's wild yeah yeah alex is shaking her head Bouquet, bad guy flags. yeah did you know that this guy was also in drop dead diva what? Um, I dropped it. Was, was he? So much he more was. enjoyable than this. He wasn't in any Fuck, of the he episodes. Might be an all-star. No, he wasn't in any of the ones we watched. I I just checked. Okay. We've we've missed just missed this Diva. guy a few times. <laughs> I missed dropped a diva because as I can't even find it here while I'm looking at it, and I truly think that my eyes are just glazing over seeing the <laughs> phrase "dropped it" like <laughs> not anything. I can't believe that show went for seventy-eight. That's so long. The Japanese will have their pound of flesh. 
another one of those ones where we're just like, yeah, it's just a thing. It's just around. Ben Feldman was in that. I what? How? Um, yeah, I keep looking at this knife and I'm like, this doesn't look like a knife that a monster should be using this in a horror film. This looks right, like a knife that fate. This looks like a knife that Fade Rotha should be using to challenge Paul at the end of Dune. Or just that a knife guy, like a survivalist type, would have. So that's why I was like, uh, oh, he's this is more whimsical than that. Yeah, do you know any knife guys, Travis? No, I don't no, think. Not to my knowledge. I don't even find one, Travis. I know. I have a, like a friend. Carries around a knife guy, you mean? Like, I know knife uh, guys, but they're like getting, kitchen A guy who's getting into knives. Yeah, a guy who's getting into knives. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a knife friend. They own multiple knives. They always have at least one knife with them. It's useful in various capacities. Their knives do not look like these types of knives. These are the knives that, like, Gabe Newell, the founder of Steam, would buy because he has so many knives. Most people who have knives just have normal yeah, knives. These it's look like, like the they were in the TV a, show Once a Upon a Time. And putting it on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I don't know what's the issue with that. <laughs> That's cool. It's, really a, cool thing it's a knife that seems like it should be thrown at a ballistics gel on a <laughs> Deadliest Warrior <laughs> yes, or exactly. Fire type TV show. Yeah. Um, having a katana on the wall is cool. It says, I really like anime. In fact, too much. <laughs> yes. This, this is a. Uh, this is one of the, you know what's cooler? Of the new cast members of Love is Blind. Yeah. You know what's cooler? <laughs> is having a keyblade from Kingdom Hearts on your wall. Oh. <laughs> really set the tone. Uh, so, Chase her through the woods. Yeah, Lila Ly- is like able to set up some like traps for Moonface. She 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 learned she techniques uses... from her survivalist ex. Yes. There's a moment well, where like I'm watching this and I was like, so like he's dead, but her his his knowledge is helping her. I guess. Sure. Um, also, uh, you can tell uh, when things are good in the past because it's shot with. Um, a filter that's less gold and more um, cat piss levels of saturation <laughs> of yellow. Uh, what were they doing when they filmed that sex scene that looked like a music video? Um, Making a music video, Travis. Yeah, it did look like... It yeah, did. sometimes you're having sex, it feels like a music video. That's what they were trying to portray. What type... <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm <laughs> stopping myself there. Yeah, I'm gonna have some restraints. <laughs> like which music video? Who knows? But yeah, so she does wind up getting captured, and she awakens in a basement filled with corpses. Well, she wanders into his field first, where it's revealed to us that he like puts women. She up finds on a pit. Tri- oh, on the those cro- like crucifixes. The crucifixes, yeah, crucifixes, and they're all like staked all over the ground, and there's yeah. a bunch of them. They're all missing their eyes. Yeah, no, I think that's cool design. I think that's uh, great. That's how I want to decorate. You just you just show up in my apartment. Yeah, you got to decorate with what just, you have around. You know. Yeah, all he has are corpses and wooden planks. What are you gonna do? The baby corpse was the real cherry on top. <laughs> that was like in the <laughs> in, in the, a bassinet or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Her use of it was. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll get to when a baby skeleton is used as a weapon <laughs> later in this episode. I think creative, that was the highlight. Creative weaponing. That's how you get taught when you marry a survivalist. I just, I just, all of Anything this was like at a, cer- at a certain point in this one, I just was like, yeah, why not? Like, yeah, <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah, that was maybe you know? the singular moment I liked. The singular moment. I think it was but, mostly uh, fine up to a point. Like, it was badly made, but it kind of reminded me of an episode of, like, Tales from the Crypt if it weren't fun. It, it was obviously B-horror shit, but, like, mostly yeah. fine, just kind of, like, run-of-the-mill. Schlocky. Um, yeah. 
like straight up until like they decided that the backstory and like the reason she's able to survive is because her uh, husband, like who, as we said, was Captain Red Flag from the beginning, became increasingly abusive, and they decided that it would be a nice time to show as much of that as possible. And that's when things really took a turn. Do y'all know how many episodes of shows that you have picked have featured that in the first episode? Fucking most. At least three. It is insane. The the Norman Bates... Yeah. Yeah, Bates Motel. Bates Motel, which I watched whack when that aired originally, and that one scene alone was enough to turn me off the entire series for the rest of it. Yeah, Um, absolutely. the, The Americans... Yep. There was literally no purpose that we watched that whole show. That show was great. That one scene didn't need to exist. It added nothing to her character. She was cool enough. Yeah. On like she had she had enough motivations about it. On but, her own. But you had to know that she was damaged. I'm sick of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely yeah, fucking awful trope. I think it's just these three. But still, that's just, three in all in pilots to throw at you. Pilots. This yeah. Is the, it's like, why? 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 Um. Because um, people are deeply unimaginative, and they think by adding more shock factor, you know, like that really adds to character. Because uh, you know, we live at the end of culture. I have all three of those been men written shows too, like men written episodes at least. Uh, probably the Americans probably. is the Americans male written. This one is, and I don't know who yeah. is involved in Base Motel. I don't yeah, remember. Just it really has the the feel of that. Right. It has well, so she gets this one, then it has to turn around and be like, feminism W. Like, she yeah. kills her husband. Yeah. Or now we're, we're skipping. Okay, now we're jumping to a head because we, have, we no, haven't we, even we, talked we, about Buddy. Again, we don't ever have to go in order. Um, I guess chronologically, yeah. Um, Bates Motel was written. Uh, it's one. Okay, so the story is two men and one woman, and the screenplay is one woman and one man. Um, hmm. Basically, it's that. It was a team of three, and then Carlton Cuse only did the scor- story, not the teleplay. Right. right. So okay. Just curious. Um, anyway, Aaron. A, she wakes uh, up. She wakes up in the basement. In the yeah, in yeah. this house, with, and there's with Basil. yeah, an annoying guy played by Angus Scrim. Yeah, named I'm I'm Buddy. I'm doing a bit of a a bit of a brogue, but not quite. No explanation uh, as to how this man is here or why or how he eats. You don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. You don't need that. I don't. I, I, do. I hate explanations I for anything. Horror should be explanation free. Yeah, but like you can't. I, I again. Like here's the thing. You can't level the criticism that they don't explain something truly against something like this. You can have your questions, and you can be like, oh, it doesn't make sense. But like, they don't have to make sense. They're not math problems. This is the yeah. same thing with Stephen talking about the the corpse at the beginning of The Walking Dead, which is like, yeah. oh, it doesn't do anything. And I was listening back to that episode and I was getting mad hearing Stephen talk about it because the problem <laughs> yeah. is is that it is such a simplistic view of the notion of what writing is because plot isn't just writing. Or it's like, the, there's so much more to the story of a thing than just, and here we go from here to here to here and it's told in a sequence that where everything makes sense. Yeah. There are so many parts of things that should never have answers. So yeah. I'm fine with having a weird guy down there because there's a weird guy down there. I yeah. accept the logic of it. I dislike the performance of the weird oh, guy. Oh, of course, yeah. I dislike the, the weird guy. Of the weird guy. <laughs> but I don't need the answer there for why the weird be a guy weird is there. Guy down there, but yeah, I horror with too much explanation is an That's, instant turnoff for me. Yeah, I just it's fine, I guess, if it added something to the story. Yeah, well, he was he was so there just to be like it adds uh, a fun weird guy to be like Doctor Evil is back, Austin. 
and like that's not <laughs> didn't need really him useful. Annoying singing. Yeah. Not good. But he's the, down there. There's another woman. Importantly. It would be better yeah. if it was Salacious Crumb from Star Wars down there. I will not, you know, disagree <laughs> on it. If the there's just some weird, weird little, little guy, guy down there. <laughs> yeah, just going like <laughs> the whole time, which is basically the best thing he does. But this has become my pet cause because I've I've heard people say things who aren't here about something being bad writing or like the job of a writer, and now I'm just like, no, no. The job of a writer is to shut down the motherfucking production of the television show that... Yes! Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, this this show is bad. This episode is bad for its writing in the, desi- the decisions that it made. Yeah. And it can make those decisions, and we can say it's bad and move on. Yeah. And we should stop having things that make these decisions. Um, yeah, and the, I guess... The weird little guy... Hate the weird little guy. What I'm mad about... What I am mad about is that they cared enough to give a backstory to the woman that involves sexual assault, but did not care enough to give a backstory to the weird-faced guy with the weird little guy in the basement who does weird shit to women. Yeah. And this is, this and is just, but he wasn't the protagonist. I, yeah, and also care isn't the right word. Yeah, they mm. paid attention enough to give the protagonist this backstory, but they're yeah. I, it's just lazy. They're just lazy and like this is the, I don't even the think craft it's lazy. is poor. I think I, that. I think what they did like I don't think like I don't think that this is a situation where they're like, "Oh, we don't have time" or "Oh, we don't want to do these" or maybe it is more like, "Ah, we just don't want to do these things." And those aren't lazy and that's it's just it can be bad without it having to be other things. And yeah. that's I guess where I'm getting Also cuz it's a bad like, character as part yeah, of it, so horrible. instead of being like, "Ooh, not knowing is really adding to like no, it's yes, how frightening it's it is. It's just like, what's this weird guy's deal? You know who <laughs> would have you know knocked like, this episode out of the fucking times. park? Who also directed an episode of this show is Toby Hooper. You know that would have absolutely oh. fucking kicked ass if he did this episode. There are times when I don't know, and it's fine because it is interesting. Shut up. Yes, it is. Sometimes I like knowing things, but sometimes I can live with it. This was just not one of those scenarios. Wait, what, what, I missed the first part about that. What's not fine? Travis just not get, it being thinks that I always need a backstory for all the things. Like, I'm constantly asking questions and want to know why things are why they I are. Think, but I think this is, like, one of my biggest things is, like, I like short media because I don't ever, ever, ever want a backstory on anything. Like, I, I really prefer to just see what's happening and accept it as it is. Too much, like, if I were doing my 70-minute cut of some of the good films that are too long, most of what would get cut out is backstory. Because it's just not necessary. Like, She's Al-, Al Pacino can be a weird guy without needing to know a whole lot about what else. I'm not talking about heat in this case, but, like... I was, like... <laughs> I was, I, like, which... Dude, no, my 70-minute really cut of like, heat is movie? only the Pacino scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and gunshots. It's so yeah. many gunshots. Wait, only the Pacino scenes. That means you loses sunrises and sets with her, and then and De Niro just going okay. Like that's one of the best parts of the movie. Is where it's like I got nothing to say on that. Okay. Um, uh, I also am in that boat where uh, like I I'm not I'm fine with backstory when it's revealed when it's there's some compelling reason for someone to explain. Like yeah. much like if in my real life I know I will meet a person and I will get to know them. 
and I will have experiences with them and not know things about their past, and that's fine. And then one day they can reveal something from their past, and it can kind of change things in some ways. But that's also just how human interaction can often be. And I feel like that's a thing that shows and movies can do well. Yes. And sometimes when they're just like, here is why all of this other stuff is happening. Yeah, this like tr- attempted one-to-one I'm mapping of backstory to present yes. was was really there was it. no purpose yeah. for it. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to I'm going to talk about the thing that I hate my face my least favorite type of media. Stranger Things. Cuz that's <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing where every fucking thing they're like, "Oh, didn't you wonder about that?" And it's like, "Nope, nah, I didn't." Man. I kind of was like, "It's a monster, sure." Okay, whatever. Like, "Well, here's all of it." And I'm like, "Oh my god." Yeah. And it's, it's like, "Also, didn't you wonder about the lab? Didn't you wonder about her powers?" And you're like, you showed me the lab she got from there. They're like, no, there's more. And you're like, why is there more? There shouldn't be more. Stop it. You're Stop allowed it. to know. As a writer, it makes you a good writer if you know the answer. But you do not need to tell us the answer. On a TV show that it runs long, it's so that you can potentially mine more content out of it for a spinoff uh, in Stranger Things' case. Like when they were like, what if we did X-Men? And everyone's like, this sucks. And then they just didn't do it. <laughs> what uh, What is good is stuff like Why the Last Man or, or The Leftovers where something happens and it's not explained and then the creators I was okay lamp- with that in the leftovers yeah. that was fine uh, well and then the leftovers spends three seasons continuing to not explain and then teasing maybe an explanation but then being like fuck you <laughs> you don't yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know. and the best part stupid. about it is when the creators are asked what happened there and they're like i know and then they just they're like yeah. you're gonna tell us it's like no <laughs> there are best. a lot of episodes of the x-files where there's no explanation and that's fine because it's done yeah. well this and the bad not- episodes, yeah. the bad episodes of the X Files, to my understanding from you guys, are the ones where they do explain what's going on with everyone. Yeah, it can go either way, but yeah, that, that's a fair generalization. <laughs> you're like, uh, oh, sh- <laughs> an episode where it's like, what do you know about the knife alien? You're like, hell yeah. And an episode where Mulder's like, my sister, and it's like, oh! yeah, I can't, I can't stand the myth arc episodes. I fall asleep during all of them. <laughs> I love that that's just kind of the thing for everyone with X-Files. <laughs> Although there's like cool stuff in them. We like the, yeah, we love the alien be. bounty hunter folks. Yeah, that yeah, guy's great like, with his little needle that he sticks in the back of people's neck. That's cool. He has a distinctive mouth. He does. Anyway, yeah, back, to, back to this she shit. She uses uh, her, her survivalist husband's skills to escape the dungeon. Travis yeah. got into it when After she, it takes some woman's eye out with a corkscrew. Well, she I, so, Oh, right, yeah. Yes. He does do that. But she also, at one point, the weird little guy warns her or is like kind of hinting at her how to get out. And there's a knife in her shoulder and she pulls it out with her mouth when she could have easily used her hands. And Travis and I disagreed on that. And that turned into an argument. Wasn't she handcuffed? Didn't she use the knife to get the handcuffs off? She's handcuffed to a pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, do you know how not hard it is to just like bend over a little bit and reach something with your hand that's not that far from you? Like, even if it's... Like if she crouched in a way to get there, her shoulder closer to her doable. hand, I'm I guess what she thinks. All right, probably could have done it. Yeah. There's only one way to settle it, Travis. You're gonna have to stab Alex and handcuff her to something. It's <laughs> the only way you can solve this. Yeah. I don't understand yet. Women, I vote we stab Travis. That's I'm not fine. the one, okay. but you're the one that's to be making the case. So if we're myth busting this, yeah, or whatever. wow, Ooh, this is difficult. <laughs> Do you guys have I any think, ballistics okay. gel? I have a better solution. I wish. I have a better solution. I need. If I, I had a katana, I would also need a ballistics gel thing that I then could do like. It's just in the living room, occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Every couple of months, you make new ballistics. It's oh, Travis is in the kitchen all day today. What's he making? Oh, he's making ballistics gel <laughs> so that he can hack it apart 
with a with a masamune. Oh, has, oh yeah, yeah, with masamune. Oh, really? Why does he do that? Oh, it's cheaper than therapy. Oh, yeah, I'm glad it's working for him. I'm imagining though, it's like you in the backyard, just like yeah. Uh, oh, he got shurikened this year. He's he's learning how to use those. Uh I no, I think the solution is that um, we're gonna have to send a third party, maybe Stephen, to Seattle. You will both be stabbed in the shoulders. Yeah. You will both be uh, handcuffed to the thing. Yeah, and Stephen we'll... most likely to have handcuffs on him. So that's true. Are you Good cool time. with them being I fuzzy? Like... Does that throw off the uh, <laughs> the I science of the, it? No, no, no. I like I liked that the wording on that implied that Stephen is most likely to be in possession of handcuffs, or conversely, most likely to currently be handcuffed. Both. He's hits. Both, both are, are true. Both he was confronted by the Garda for terrorism or whatever. I feel like if we did this experiment, I would escape and Travis would not. I'm just saying. And that would live I, up to both of your assessments. I'm a bendy little person. It would not be, <laughs> I think I could do this maneuver and Travis could not is the thing I'm saying. With my wow. hands and not my teeth. All you have to do to get a hand, you just got to dislocate your thumb. Yeah. What, what would help? Like Travis can't even like touch his toes is what I'm saying. Like. Damn, dude. So, Why am I catching <laughs> these strays? <laughs> Bendy difference between us. I did stop. I did stop doing yoga. Uh, I guess I should get back into it for that. So the drill press, yeah, probably that decently gnarly torture porn thing. Bad. I, but, I mean, I, yeah, ugly stuff for sure. Is aggressively, I stuff. I can't. I can't with an eyeball. Yeah, I think that's why they did it because they know that people yeah, go when you do stuff with an eyeball. But they also attempted to make it part of his backstory for like 0.1 seconds yeah, in a way stupid. that was out of context stupid. and didn't Pointless. add anything. Pointless. Don't give backstory. Just have him be a guy who uses a drill press on an eyeball. That is way more fun. Yeah, don't hint at why and then not explain. Yeah, That's the issue. They tried the, to have it both ways. That was the issue. Yes. I, yeah. yes. Go ahead, Ian. I was so confused by the police siren part. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Ask their screams. In the no. woods. I don't know. Yeah. Because it would be so From himself, more. because he doesn't want to hear them. He, he's always oh, shushing okay. them or whatever. Stupid. Oh, okay. Okay. I, guess I, mean, I I more meant, like, truly also, like, not even, like, confused by the machinations and the plot. It was literally, like, me sitting there and, like, those going off me, like, what the fuck? And looking out my window before I realized it was the television program I was watching. Uh, and then I paused and I realized, oh, no, wait, no, it is also happening outside. <laughs> I also the the weird little guy had a weird eye also, but it was his yeah. other eye from what Moonface's eye was, and I was like, "Is this intentional? Is this supposed to be explanation? It's not telling me anything." And then I looked up that guy, and he's got a weird eye in real life, but it's on yeah. his other eye. Don't know. It's open to your interpretation, Alex. Yeah. This so Buddy's like, "Hey, pick the lock and all of that." Yeah. Like encourage encouragers to do that, and. Um, and that that's the knife, you know, the sharp object and the knife, all that stuff. She, she gets free. Buddy too. That was fun. Well, well, first she gets free and then Buddy stands up and it's like, oh, oh, he's fine. He's he his little here. guy. Yeah. He's yeah. his little guy. Right. He's, he's the master in the master blaster relationship these two guys have. I think this is a really great queer love story. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> Moonface and Buddy. <laughs> yeah. OTP. No. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so she, uh, she fights. She escapes the basement, and there's a showdown between Moonface and her, and at one point she says, do I go for the knife, or do I go for the dead baby skeleton? And she fakes him out by attempting to go for the knife and grabs the dead baby skeleton and uses it as a smoke screen. <laughs> it was... <laughs> <And then she laughs> <fucks> it. <laughs> 
Everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face with a baby skeleton. <laughs> this this makes the show sound so sick. If I just knew about it this does. part, I'd be like, I gotta see this shit. You gotta it's, see it. I mean, if you did like out of con- no context matches of horror, and someone grabbing a baby corpse and smacking <laughs> it in the face, the only good good. I think the other thing that really throws me is then later she gets a gun, and I was like, what are we doing here? Guys? <laughs> yeah, like she goes back. Well, she got the gun, gun at the end. After after the after she's already Moonface has fallen out a window more or less into a ravine. Yeah, it felt it felt video game logic in the way where I was like, so here's how I did this whole thing, and then later I like entered. I was like, oh, I entered through the wrong way. There was a fucking gun the whole time. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Like it felt like she was like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, that's how I was supposed to do this encounter. Yeah. So her her blasting buddy at the end is really just her being like, I gotta use it. Like, yeah. Well, if she, I could have had it the whole a, time, I might as well use it here. Phoenix down, Phoenix down, she Phoenix down. Gun, I can just makes a holster out of a belt that it belonged to a different corpse. Grabs shoes off of a different corpse, sure. uh, and then goes back to her car. And then we are. And then she looks at. Then she opens. It, well, what happens is she looks at. She gets to the car and she looks at the screen. And then she's like. As long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And then the trunk opens up, and uh, you know uh, it's uh, it's Goodfellas. Yeah, it's Bruce. No, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it's her dead ex-husband in the car. I mean, then fortunately, you get the like it's good that he's and dead. That, then but... she killed him. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm unclear. This my my cinema sins moment is like how did she get behind him to kill him in that uh, scene? Okay. But whatever. No, no, here's my biggest problem with the scene, aside from the sexual assault. The yeah. second part that bothered me is that when that was happening, she was wearing jeans, and this was presumably the same night because she calls her mom later, and this was like what a crazy night. But in the entire episode. She's wearing a skirt. So after being assaulted and killing her husband, she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change into a mini skirt. And then she's got to wear something hot. Uh, that's a, that's what we do to women in horror films. We dress them up like little dolls and then chase them around and assault them. The, the quick one would be like, would you want to keep wearing the pants you were just assaulted while wearing? I could see that being a I mean, thing where she's like, I'm getting out of these clothes. I'm just. I just think it was not. That was not the thought behind it. I think the no. thought behind it was got to make her look as like cute and petite yeah. as possible, and that was probably the thought behind it. And there 100%. was no. Yeah. Also, very impractical if you're going to just like go up a mountain, northwest well, mountain like, road at night or whatever. And yeah. Thought, and, like her intention. Yeah, that's the pretty car stupid. Was to of him. So like none of it made sense. Less less fabric on you that could potentially <laughs> get on the crime scene. No, that just means more DNA on the crime scene. Right? <laughs> I that don't means know. More of your skin is exposed. It's fine. I thought it was cool when she um, uh, ran away from that T Rex while still wearing high heels. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Jurassic World. Uh, yeah, so she changed never, Bruce. never shout out Jurassic World. <laughs> Shouting it out somehow, all the time. Somehow, somehow, one of the like. 15 worst films I've ever seen, but only the second worst film in that franchise. <laughs> Is that the one where I, we've talked about it so many times where Laura Dern teleports in one of the edits? That's the no, final that's one. that's the last one, yeah. Yes, where Laura Dern says something Dominion. and then in the reactions to what Laura Dern includes a shot of Laura Dern standing next to someone <laughs> reacting to the thing that was said. <laughs> There's also a scene where when talking to someone, Laura Dern is in normalish light, and the person she's talking to appears to be having the sun projected directly on her as she stares forward, and you're like, what are we doing, guys? And it's uh, not about dinosaurs, it's about giant bugs, and I think legally Travis has to watch this movie. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I've been putting it off. 
Um, I think. Did you see the second? What's the Fallen? I did watch Fallen Kingdom at some point, and it was that one's it was mostly like about nothing. clones. Yeah, that one was kind of a nothing movie. Um, Jurassic World is uh, another example of movie that I enjoyed at the time in the theater, and then the further you get away from it, you're like, I think that was bad. <laughs> I, I remember that was maybe walking, a bad movie. I remember walking around your your now you know your, your now hometown of Seattle. Your your new uh, your new location with you when we were in town for a wedding, and I was mostly complaining about that movie as we were walking around because you're like I kind of liked it, and I was like, what was there to like? <laughs> I think I was just happy to see it at the theater and see see my big dinos again. Uh, the, except the my, my big gripe with that movie, as I recall, my high. initial gripe was, um, why is your main uh, like monster dinosaur a made up one? when there's so many real ones to choose like infinite <laughs> cool real ones but they're like no we made the a little franken dino yeah that i thought was <laughs> stupid so i think that's why i, I liked mean, fallen kingdom more <laughs> you're not the end, wrong it. that it is stupid <laughs> yeah what I will say. And should, we gave it cuttlefish dna so it can camouflage it's like okay also that doesn't make it invisible remember the dramatic line reading that T-Rex or that dino's part raptor or whatever it is. Like whatever the thing is that he says when he realizes that part. And I was like, I, I, I can't believe this. Was that supposed to mean that it could then listen to Chris Pratt or whatever? Cause he had, had raptor speak. Or that it so, was um, yeah. So she removes her husband's eyes and strings them up in the front yard, uh, just like the other ones. And then she shoots buddy. Uh, yeah. And then she calls her mom. Feminism W. Major say, that's W. What this whole episode was for all the ladies out there. Yeah, I girls like, really do get it done. I felt like I we won. love to see a girl boss succeed. And then I was progr- I started off texting Matt. This is boring. And then <laughs> maybe ten minutes later, I said, "I am entirely enraged." <laughs> and then I went on this insane rant. And then I had to. I had to be like, to cl- to be clear, I am not mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not call the rant insane. I would call the rant justified. Like it was, it, it was effectively what we've all been saying. What we've been like, what we've been talking about this, like entirely correct. Like death to all horror that enjoys depicting this kind of shit. I don't know with such obvious joy in it. And like, yeah, it's, it's bad. And there's even more, like, I didn't see Barbarian in theaters, but what happens is that Travis will watch a scary thing and then explain every detail of it to me because I don't want to go watch it myself because I'm a chicken shit. And Travis explained Barbarian to me, and my immediate first thought was, great, so rape was the backstory for the monster. Even though they didn't show it, it's, it is what it is. And, like, I'm just, just yeah. be more creative than that. Yeah. I'm tired of watching it. I definitely agree with the, that part. Yeah. Like it is I liked that movie. Unimaginable. Just don't but, have uh, a backstory. That it's been more creative that to context. just not have a backstory. That would have been better in that specific scenario. Like if the first time we saw the husband was when he was dead in the trunk of the car, that would have been an infinitely better show. Also fine. Yeah. yeah, he seemed bad enough before the last cut scene. Yeah, you I, could cut I was that on one. board already. I was on board with him being dead prior to you the could, actual You could incident. cut that last one and then just have her open the trunk and you're like, damn. Damn. Yeah. 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 She could just kill him because he's an asshole. Would yeah. have been fine. Would have been fine. Would have been more interesting because she would have been a more like ambiguous, like a more ambiguous and interesting character to watch. I agree. Like I said, I don't need to always know everything. It's just the things they choose to reveal were not, were, not the things I wanted yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah. 
So would you watch more Masters well, of Horror? This is a complicated one, no. I guess. No. I've never been run to look into watching like a horror anthology type thing because you know it's going to be guys giving like a C minus effort on yeah. stuff with like I'm just not as much of a horror like aficionado that that kind of thing stuff. is for, but not even just in a scary sense, but like <laughs> this is for guys that that do buy all the direct to video sequels right. of Pumpkinhead or whatever. Yes, like I think, 100%. and I've never been that kind of of horror person, yeah. right? But that's su- this there's is, such a market for that, though. This is for guys who get excited when Arrow Video announces a new physical edition of a movie that they've already bought. <laughs> yeah. Not that I I want it to be very clear. I stand as an allies to all people who are like, fuck, they put out a new edition. I have to buy this as a person <laughs> who bought. <laughs> As a person who bought a Switch and then bought an OLED Switch and also owns three copies of In the Mood for Love, I believe, I stand as an ally. And of course, yeah, In the, in the Mood for Love's one through seven, In the Mood for Love, The Revenge. In the Mood for Love, uh, Fallen in mood for Angel. Love, yeah, <laughs> Love on Earth. In the Mood for Love, In the Mood for Love, Express. In the Mood for Love. Tony, Tony to Lung takes Manhattan. Oh, I would... Do you know how much I In the Mood that? for Love X? Uh, I would watch uh, the episodes from directors that I like for this show. That's kind of, yeah, my feeling that's is reasonable. still like. Like, because these were like, kind of intended to be and are to some, on some level, like movies. And they're like a perfect length for a movie, too, because they're 55 minutes long. So, like. Well, and that that's a, a perfect segue into the next one because it was a 90 minute movie that then was edited for TV. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Perfect. Hold on. Hold on. Hold the floor. Hold on. Did you look? Did anyone else? Uh, I'm doing this now. Did anyone else look at what some of the other ones are? Uh, I skimmed it. I yeah. looked and then realized that the images were too scary looking. So I did you it. read? Did you read what the Tobe Hooper's one's description no. is? Dance of the Dead. A teenage girl living in a post-apocalyptic village befriends a group of rough punks who hang out at a sinister bar where reanimated corpses dance on stage. Fuck yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's see. There's uh, Cigarette Burns. Um, uh, a man searches for the last surviving print of a rare film which allegedly drove the only audience that ever viewed it into homicidal frenzy. What is this? Infinite Jest 2? <laughs> Infinite Jest. That's back the John to the Carpenter hood. one. I would say that also just sounds like in the mouth of madness, but about yes, yeah. Except, except madness, it continues after the the final scene of in the mouth of madness. Yeah, pick me up, which is by Larry Cohen, who did um, it's alive, oh, it lives yeah. again, yeah. Uh, return to Salem's not you know um, the guy who did cellular. If you remember Cellular, and he, oh, he, this is he wrote Cellular, and he wrote Phone Booth. Hell yeah! Wow. Uh, his movie is called Pick Me Up. It's two serial killers, one um, who kills hitchhikers, and one who kills anyone who gives him a ride. Flashing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which Come is on, like we gotta watch more of this show. That sounds fucking rad. <laughs> I, reading that description, I was like, oh my god, like. <laughs> What's the Joe, what's the Joe Dante one? Um, the first Joe Dante one, it's a political satire in which reanimated corpses of American soldiers return uh, in an attempt to sway the U.S. presidential election. <laughs> and the other oh. one is um, 
It's called the Screwfly Solution. A nightmarish plague spreads across the globe, transforming men into killers who attack every woman that crosses their path. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But it's by the Gremlins guy. You love Gremlins. Uh, for, for those of you unable to see this, <laughs> Alex is approaching the screen ever closer uh, with, a, uh, with a great look of skepticism. Well earned on that one. Yeah, that is... That was reading that one. I was like, oh, no. Um, 2005, and, uh, man. It's fucking insane. Yeah, that, well, that one that one out. was 2006. Yeah. But All yes. right, so the year of Saw uh, You've also got... Uh, so there was the Jennifer one, the the, the Dario Argento one with the, the hideous, hideous woman, easily deformed yeah. young woman. The hideous woman. His other one, uh, fur trader Jake Feldman knows that you can't make a coat without breaking a few animals' necks in pursuit of the perfect fur coat to win over a woman. He steals... Supernatural raccoon pelts that violently turn against those that covet. Hell yeah! <laughs> that was a crazy Red Dead side quest. Oh, yeah. We went so. in different directions with Then there's one where Jeffrey Combs plays Edgar Allan Poe from Stuart Gordon. So, yeah. but that all brings us to one of the funniest moments on a Wikipedia page I've seen in recent memory. Travis, did you see this? Did you go to the Wikipedia page know. for the finale? Yes. Do you know what the episode was called? It's called Dream Cruise. My my. The the note at the top of the page is for the annual Classic Car Festival in Oakland County, Michigan. (laughs) See Woodward Dream Cruise, (laughs) which is like I love the idea of someone being like, "Well, this isn't right at all." (laughs) I just want pictures of guys driving old muscle cars very slowly. This is an anti uh, the Woodward Dream Cruise podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Did you know that in 2020, the Dream Cruise was, of course, closed, canceled because of um, the COVID-19 pandemic? The Oakland County, the Oakland County Republican Party attempted to host a MAGA classic car cruise in the absence. <laughs> How many people died at that event or because uh, of that yeah. event? Uh, so many. Uh, it's the, the Dream Cruise is the single largest uh, classic car event in the world. It brings $56 million dollars. Uh, to the uh, Metro Detroit economy, and Travis hates it. He's shaking his head even at this. It's so stupid. Wow. It's so fucking stupid. Koji Suzuki. What's his deal? He wrote. He wrote the Ring. He wrote Rings and Dark Water. You know that yeah. one where. <laughs> Which Dark Water? There are several movies called Dark Water. The Japanese one. Yeah, the one with oh. the the apartment and then what's her name no, was he, in an american remake of it that was not very good jennifer connelly i believe no 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 guys yeah, he definitely wrote the, he definitely wrote the one where mark ruffalo investigates dupont yeah well there's also the one where with the nun island yes that one is fucking watched, sick that is better than the koji suzuki yeah. one we watched both dark we both we watched both singular dark waters uh during uh water horror month yeah a few years ago but how good would it be if it turned out that he had written the one where mark ruffalo investigates <laughs> dupont i would read the book because i'd be like what japanese company is this that he's actually writing about um that we adopted um, i uh i was going to watch a movie the other day uh because i was preparing myself for uh uh Criterion Nights uh, with friends where we were, uh, as I've already said, talking about uh, we were we were watching Drive My Car and I learned that the filmmaker who'd made Drive My Car, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, had written a movie called Wife of a Spy that was like a World War II era sort of like espionage thriller that was directed by um, Kiyoshi Kurosawa who directed Cure mm-hmm. and Pulse and then I learned that like 
in the years since he did those, he's mostly made like weird, like quiet little domestic dramas. And I was like, oh, is that why I haven't heard his name in a while? So I like the idea that this guy, Koji Suzuki, had a similar path where you're like, yeah, he wrote Ring and then he went to Hollywood and instead of doing J-horror remakes, he got like really involved in making like, you know, movies about people fighting against systems. Yeah. No, he's just kind of, uh, he's a Japanese Stephen King, basically. Uh, he wrote so, so many of the classic J-horror, like the canonized J-horror stuff. Um, I, um, I've i read a ton of his books. I was a big freak. I've probably told this story on the pod before, but like I was a big Japanese horror fan like as a kid in, you know, suburban Ohio. And I would go to the library to check out his books and like half the time they would arrive and they would be in Japanese and I would have to like tell the like I'd be like, you know, 11 years old or 12 years old or whatever telling the person that was like checking me out at the library like I can't I this this doesn't mean anything to me. Do you have the one? And they're like, <laughs> what the fuck are you trying to read here? I like that you didn't. I like that you did. There, there. Uh, you were just like, I'm not taking the next steps involved on this one. I'm not Some learning would Japanese. Be like, I'm fucking twelve. <laughs> I would love. I would, it I is funny to be like, you could have been a weeb, but you were just into J horror. I yeah, yeah yeah. I love the idea of Matt being the one white American who knows Japanese who isn't into anime. <laughs> Sorry for that broad generalization. Just the horror. Just the horror and food. Um, yeah. Don't need the rest. Koji Suzuki, uh, totally normal-looking guy. Uh, he's written several books about the subject of fatherhood. Yeah. I'll be sure to get you those, Matt. Uh, his hobbies include traveling and motorcycling. Is <laughs> there a Koji Suzuki, like, drives across Episode Japan? of Ride with Norman Reedus? Oh, I would love that. Uh. <laughs> uh, I would love to watch him with Norman Reedus, but, they, but, like, he doesn't speak English and Norman Reedus doesn't speak Japanese, and there's no <laughs> translator, so they just kind of ride around together. Well, that was what, that's when Redis would call Hideo Kojima in to then uh, translate for them, ideally. Uh, there's a great little moment. Just as we're talking about horror, I can, I can pull this in. Uh, it was uh, John Carpenter talking about working with Morricone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, it worked out. We didn't speak the same language, but, you know, we both we spoke the language of music. And Carpenter said that and then was like, why the fuck did I say that? That was so cheesy. <laughs> like immediately I was like oh Jesus he rocks oh. I love John Carpenter oh god I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta check up on him and see if he also bought the Horizon Forbidden West DLC or not are you gonna kiss the girl <laughs> are you gonna kiss that girl that Apex bio guy are you gonna kiss that girl uh probably I haven't gotten I don't to that point yet I feel like sometimes you don't do romance quests in video games for a chase hero <laughs> and you're about to say something about the synopsis Oh, uh, the synopsis of Loop, the third book in the Rings series, is going to make me ask you some questions, Matt. And I hope you're okay with that. I'm not sure I've read that book. Okay. But you read some of the Ring books? Yeah, I've read at least two of them. Okay, so the first red flag, the first question I have. Uh, Loop is a horror novel uh, by Japanese writer Koji Suzuki, and the third in his series of Ring. Totally normal line. Next line. The story revolves around a simulated reality, exactly the same as our own, known as the Loop, created to simulate the emergence and evolution of life. It is in this alternate universe that the events of the previous novels, Ring and Spiral, took place. Yeah, the movies are not about that. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Because then it says under genres. Writers be doing shit, dude. I think he does have a lot of parallels in Stephen King, where you read about something that Stephen King decided about one of his classic books, and you're just like, you didn't need to do that. 
Like, I know that you were just running. Like, you had more cocaine than blood in your body at the time, but, like, you didn't need to make We it know that you don't remember writing... Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. No, no, okay. I, think Cuj- I think Cujo is the one he doesn't remember writing at all. Pet Cemetery is the one where his wife Pet- is like, this is the darkest wor- darkest thing you've ever written. Yeah. yeah. Should I reveal what you just said? It could have picked up. Please do not. Alex just went, is he still alive? <laughs> About Stephen King? <laughs> yeah. One of our most prominent Twitter users. I don't That's read. True. Yeah, so uh, uh, to today's episode... Uh, the finale of of Masters of Horror. No, I, I was like, I've lost all of my notes. Uh, Dream Cruise. We are we are headed to the Detroit rev area. Up, yeah, rev up the old jalopy. <laughs> uh, rev up the jalopy because we have to we have to put Daniel Gillis in the back and induct him. Is it said like that, Gillis? It's my best I don't know. bet. Gillies, 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 Giles. Hoist the jersey. <laughs> hoist the motherfucking jersey. Yeah, hoist it. I will never learn how to say his name. Shout out to Elijah. Hoist. Hoisted in there, and, and um, in uh, the time since we have done this, I believe he has gotten divorced from Rachel Lee Cook, but I'm not certain. Wow, heartbreaking! So heartbreaking. We hate to see that happen to to real love, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now he gets to be an all star because he, of course, as we all remember, played uh, Elijah on the originals. That's right. A show that I remember some parts of. And we have now inducted like multiple people into as all stars because there was yeah. also somebody else I don't remember. Well, Jackson Impossible. was in the originals, but he wasn't in an episode that we watched. But he showed up in Bunheads. Uh, did we? No, we haven't also got Phoebe Tonkin. So ah, uh, who knows? Anyways, wow, uh, Phoebe hasn't showed up anywhere else. Right, well, Phoebe's, I'm sure will. <laughs> it opens with him having a recursive nightmare. Um, which was an interesting choice. Absolutely the most Japanese horror. <laughs> this, I, think, I think the cool thing about this episode is that it is Matt's um, basically pet cause and project put into, put into uh, you know, practice. It was a 90-minute movie, movie down. <laughs> that was cut to 60 minutes. And, was and better I watched off it and I was it. like, I'm not really sure what you would add. I will admittedly say I'm not really <laughs> sure where I would like them to expand on this. I mean, I mostly just felt like I was missing stuff. Like I did, but well, but part of that was the subtitles. That also, yeah, in Japanese, there's no and there was no subtitles, which maybe because of how we were watching this. Oh, I'm uh, good. I'm glad to know I wasn't the only one who was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like not sure what to do here. Yeah, this is uh, this film is by. Uh, this episode film. Yeah, it's by uh, Norio Tsurutsu. Sorry for my Japanese. It's never been my best. But uh, they also made uh, Premonition and Orochi Blood. Blood. Premonition is um, the horror version of Early Edition, from my understanding. <laughs> um, like, it is literally about a guy getting a newspaper <laughs> that then tells him uh, that's exactly that what it is happening. But instead of hijinks, it's more like a. They happen. I don't know. I mean, I guess this kind of. I mean, the newspaper is really a nice early edition. Otherwise, it's the same as Knowing or Next or whatever, too, right? Yeah. Or Final Destination. Name more things where people are prophetic. Final Destination has a bit of a different. More things where people are prophetic. Yeah, you're Uh, right. Final Destination isn't where they're Um, prophetic. That just is uh, a very different thing. But, like, doesn't doesn't Final Destination kick off? Like, the reason that they're being. Like pursued by death is because one of them did have a premonition. Yes, 
and so they don't get on the plane yes i've never seen any of these movies you got dude final destination movies are so fucking fun you gotta watch final destination oh and it's got um did we cover Chantel von satan satan on this show Chantel satan is a Chantel name that satan? you just made up i don't think that that's a person yeah don't worry about it i, I I'm, I'm babbling over here Anyway, this director is probably the least masterful master of horror as far as like <laughs> resume yeah, of anyone that did anything. Like a guy who's adapted did, some mangas into He did direct Ring Zero Birthday. Yeah. Which I remember being pretty passable. And he directed yes, the Ring Sky prequel. High, but not that one. Yeah. <laughs> I did also notice that and had to check. <laughs> so this, this guy who directed this one he i i get the sense that he's like the type of mid-tier director as like the kind of guy who would direct like annabelle chapter nine in the u.s like any of those just like churn and burn like shitty horror movies that come out in theaters but like only barely that like yeah every year you Probably. get a new one and it's like kind of no reason like uh, those kind of directors it- yeah, seems like an also ran guy that probably is a mercenary to just do whatever. Yeah, um, I honestly, but. I think the thing with the show that kind of surprises me is that uh, it feels like this would be the type of thing where a guy like him would direct more the ma- the majority of the episodes would be people in this ilk, and the fact that maybe it's only because it did only have two seasons, uh, it winds yeah. up being a thing where like the hit rate's pretty high on like the people who made. Yeah. Shows for yeah. It. You know, it helps that like they also repeat and all of these things, but you know, like you're looking over it and you're like, man, even Ernest uh Dickerson did episode, you know, an episode for it, and you're just like, Yeah, there's like interesting people who do interesting work predominantly throughout it. You know, I mean it's Carpenter in two thousand five and two thousand six. Like, how many movies has he made since then? One? One. Is it just I the think. word? Think, yeah. It's just the one. word. Yeah. I think he was basically done by this point. Yeah. So that's where you're just like, oh, yeah, like big, interesting things. And then it's like, oh, this would be what you would expect more when it's like, we're doing an anthology horror series. You know, right. it's also relatively director driven, which is different. For, you know, I mean, it's an anthology yeah. thing. So very, very not TV like. Yeah. Most television is writer driven in that way. So, hey, you know, he made a thing that was good. In the in this with a uh, with a uh, dream cruise though it's yeah I thought this was kind of whatever but yeah it's it's anyway, like a, extremely saying. like mid tier but at least it's like it, it's watchable it's pretty entertaining certainly I thought it was gonna be like dead calm or something the way that it started and then I was yeah. like no it's Japanese yeah. we've got to have <laughs> weird bendy ghosts uh, yeah gotta yeah, have the so green ghosts so Dan- Daniel Gilly's character uh, Jack. Uh, when he was a kid, his brother drowned, and they both just completely failed at getting him back. Like, really, could could have got him. Yeah, wouldn't Probably have been that hard. Have. If it had been me, that that kid would have survived, hundred percent. Yeah, RIP <laughs> to him. But I'm built different. If I if I um, was there, it wouldn't have gone down like this. Is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, but he has a nightmare about that experience. Then he wakes up, goes to the sink, sees his brother's little hat and then a big green hand sticks up in the sink grabs his face then he wakes up again and he's on the boat but as an adult and then his brother like does the end of friday the 13th at him then he wakes up again yeah and he's done dreaming oh i'm glad i was asleep for yeah they did a a triple nightmare this is how pretty much every japanese horror film starts uh especially (laughs) the mid-tier ones i was surprised that they set this in japan and i was happy about it yeah 
this in Tokyo. He's an American who works for a, a business company. Like I think, yeah, classic. He, do, he does a, a business job at the business factory. With he's clients. a lawyer. He's, he's a, a lawyer. lawyer. It's a business job at, at the business company. He like there was a great bit of characterization at the beginning where he like wakes up from his nightmare and there's like a like a quarter full Cutting glass of whiskey next to the bed. I was like, damn, that filmmaker really like, wow. I he figured out how to show, not tell. He, I, I just, I couldn't get past the fact that I was like, it's that guy from the originals, and because of the text of the originals, it could feasibly have been that guy from the originals. <laughs> that was his current, his cover at the time was. Can vampires go out into Japanese light in, in the Vampire Diaries universe, Matt? Yeah, if they have a daylight ring. There we go. I knew there was an answer. <laughs> That's our episode. I don't. I, why? Let's just fucking cut it there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So actually, he, that uh, audio should just replace the whole originals episode. <laughs> just that. Most of the originals episode is you guys asking me questions about the Vampire Diaries universe. I do remember that now. Yeah. Also, like a lot of the thing where you're like, well, you know, they, he he's got the 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 ash or the the white ash the white or whatever steak, tree yeah. white oak stake. There we go. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. And then being there like, was a villain that was just like, what if a lady was really mean or something? <laughs> was like the, the main villain of the show. I would like to meet that lady who's really mean. That's what I would say to that, <laughs> if you ask me that. Yeah, so um, Jack, is the Jack, the, the main character, Jack Miller, in this one, he's, uh, he's in a bit of a problem because he is in love with the wife of his most valued client, and they have been having an affair. And, his uh, client, who is the main guy from Audition. Oh, yes. Uh, Ryu Ishibashi. Uh, he is called in uh, because of an important business, like an important legal matter. And he arrives at the yacht club and then he sees the guy's wife is there and then he shows up and is excited. Uh, and But also like maniacally so. And it yeah. pretty, pretty quickly becomes apparent that he's like, oh, he knows that we're having an affair and oh, we're in trouble. You know, yeah. um, and he's like, tell me my wife is hot. Yeah. <laughs> and Thou also, not uh, commit there's a lot of sudden yelling in this episode. There's a lot of sudden yelling in my life, so I understand. <laughs> uh, um, E.G. is like, hey, Jack, come out on a day trip, Tokyo Bay with us. Uh, this difficult legal matter that we can do on the boat. And you're definitely not afraid of open ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't do your your deep rooted fear of the sea. Don't worry about all of that. It's important here's, here's, work. I take issue with this characterization here because if he is like a valued partner of this guy, has he been on this boat a bunch? Because guys with boats, especially business guys at the business companies, they love to take you out on the boat to do business. That is like the absolute number one way that they do business is by like hashing out the deal on the boat. He's more of a golf course. Uh, type guy maybe clearly if he can't wash his face in the sink without seeing the exact same vision of his drowning brother every single time uh i can't imagine he that just goes, he, he just goes through Japan. what i've described it yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't live in japan if i was scared of the sea i think that's probably fair i don't know but his his sink thing is just what i what i deal with during my witching hour that we've <laughs> talked about on here same i i experienced the same hour it's not good do you wash your face during as weirdly as he does <laughs> I just hate peeing in the middle of the night because I hate a mirror and washing my hands is the scariest part. You should cover the mirrors in like black drapes 
That uh, was exactly what I was about to say. At night. I don't think that would be better. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to help you here. This is what this podcast is for. It's actually just an intervention so that you get over your fear of your own reflection in the middle of the night. It's the eyes. What if there's a spooky guy back there? It's the eyes for me. I don't like looking into my own eyes. <laughs> your own eyes? Don't want to know. Alex, I, there's nothing I can do about that one. I'm sorry. That That's... A, that's that's a bigger work. You can drill press them, and then yeah. I wouldn't have to worry. I think I think maybe like that's one where like a medical professional is needed to help with those issues. <laughs> Travis's, what if there was a spooky guy behind it? That feels like something we can work with. How many times in I your life, Travis? I just look down when I'm washing my hands at night. Travis? Like that's really all. Travis, how many times in I your think- life have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> Ballpark. <laughs> there been a- no. I, I want know. that question. I thought you were saying, and there was a spooky guy back there, and I was like. You're, you're, Zero you're, to one you're, times. You're jumping ahead. How many times do you think you looked in the mirror? Uh, how many days have I been alive? I feel like See, this where you untold st- thousands. I, like, untold thousands. Yeah. How many times? How many times has been a spooky guy? <laughs> Between zero and one times. Uh, jokes on you. Every time you're a spooky guy. You, you, uh, that's, you got you're me. the spooky guy all along. <laughs> yeah, Travis. He's just a spooky little guy. He sits in a basement. Told me a silly little man the other day, and I've been. been You are holding it against her the whole time. I I I don't understand why you would hold the truth against her. You never would have caught me playing Bloody Mary as a kid. I think that's very evident. Used to scare the crap out of me. I still I think about that, and I also when I'm peeing and washing my hands is the it's my own eyes, but also. There could be a spooky little lady back there. If you had, oh, it's a lady. Mine's a lady. Mine's a lady. (laughs) Do you think you're do you, really? A, a, it's not anything. I've never seen anything. Spooky guy, do you think your spooky guy knows her spooky lady? Like, <laughs> are they together as well? Yeah. <laughs> They're together. It's what happens when you date someone. Your spooky mirror person dates Is this the like, other person's spooky mirror. I feel person. like there's a Kiefer Sutherland movie about this, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a sec. What what could you even be searching for this? <laughs> spooky little guy in mirror dates. No, I'm t- I was searching mirror. for the 2008 supernatural horror film starring Keith Sutherland called Mirrors. Travis, thank you very much. <laughs> I wonder if I saw that. Yeah, I'd have a terrible time. I'm sure that movie's awful and not scary, but I would have a terrible time yeah. uh, like the night that I got home from seeing that movie or whatever. Yeah. Like when we saw The Conjuring and then had to go back to your incredibly dark old house. <laughs> But um, uh, in uh, in Dream Cruise, Jack has more wherewithal than we all do when it comes to facing our fears because he's like, I guess I got to get on that boat. It's important business matter. And I love this woman. And that's what's important at the end of the day. You do not uh, get on the boat with the with the affair couple. You also especially don't get on the boat when it's then you quickly learn that his previous wife, uh, a rich, unstable woman, disappeared from this boat. Yeah. Uh I just don't yeah. buy that this guy hasn't been on the boat before. People with boats are fucking freaks about their boats. I don't know. Maybe being a boat guy is like a different thing in Japan. Than here when that time we here. went to a boat wedding. Yeah. I mean, the wedding was not a boat. There just were a lot of boat guys there. A lot of, a lot of boat guys. You yeah. marry a boat guy, you're going to get boat guys there. And you could tell yes. which was the boat guy and which was a nor- normal person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I started to hesitate. I started to hesitate and not say normal. Did you hear that hesitation? I was like, no, you know what? I mean it when I say. Yeah. Well, the the, the thing, though, is uh, 
you're watching this and like you're thinking like oh man the whole thing's gonna be fighting the the husband you know he's gonna be crazy on the boat but then the boat stalls and so uh eg goes to uh to check and see what happens and instead of finding seaweed it's hair it's tangled with hair which you know when you see hair like long black hair in a japanese horror film you are in the presence of a green half decomposed lady yeah crawling in a weird some sort of spectral entity there is kind of a quest in the witcher that is this but i love the idea of like the witcher being the one in the water and pulling out the hair and then being like like just being like oh this is uh, this is workman like we're dealing with a drowned woman (laughs) immediately diagnosing the whole thing you know that's what i that's how i like my my spooky drowned uh women uh with a dose of of witcher wherewithal and uh, weariness but instead uh yeah uh he He finds this and the boat seems to start itself yeah and it looks like he drowns and yuri is like we gotta leave forget him and jack gets fucked up by the propeller but either way from their perspective sorry i mean they think he's drowned or something like that and it's like we should just leave yuri's like we should just leave and jack's like we gotta save him and then he just comes out of the water and he's like i'm fine yeah but he he, he like comes out while she's saying like basically it's good that he's dead Yeah, and then he would be easier if he was dead. Also, he (laughs) was just holding his breath down there the whole time. He didn't have anything to like impressive scuba apparatus or anything. Just yeah. Hey, you know you you can free dive for a long time. You can hold your breath for a long time. You know, Uh, on the set of uh, Avatar: The Way of Water, Kate Winslet (laughs) held her breath for seven minutes and fifteen seconds. That can't be good for you. No, she has horrible brain damage now. But it was. No. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? It clearly was. She's fine. You can hold your breath way longer than you think you can. It's difficult. Not me. But you can't. <laughs> the first thing you have to do is you have to learn not to panic in those moments. I see you trying. Couldn't trans. be me. Yeah. Always panicking. Anyway, yeah. He gets back on his, <laughs> as she was saying. I wish it'd be easier if he was dead. Then. Well, how uh, would you react if you walked into a room and someone said this about you? Especially if, if you walked- it was immediately after they thought that I died, and then they were like, "Well, good riddance," and I walked back in. Probably bad. Probably yeah, bad. I'd, I'd, I'd probably start. I might grab an, an anchor. anchor. <laughs> yeah, before I realized that he was possessed, I thought he was just going to react to it, and he didn't. I went, "Oh." This was a great show for unusual bludgeoning objects <laughs> between the baby corpse and the anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Creative bludgeons. Because it turns out that E.G. is now possessed by the ghost of his ex-wife. Uh, I hate when that happens. Yeah, that he killed Old ball and chain back again. That he, he that he killed uh, and dumped overboard in this spot, and he said a bunch of things to her, but none of us knows what he no, said no because we yeah. don't speak Japanese. But, but I bet it wasn't good. Yeah. She was doing a lot of cackling though. Yeah, there was a lot she of was laughing. Being we did Google it. No, we did Google it. What's in the Wikipedia synopsis is he basically says that he only married her for her money, and then she won't let him divorce her. Or like take any of her money and then he kills her. Yeah, because she got oh like a right. Broke this happens. Loser this is explained uh, because Yuri gets a vision because um, yeah yeah that's later on yeah mediums or whatever yeah uh, so how do we feel? Well, I guess this is also jumping ahead, but that's fine. How do we feel about uh, the, the the design of um, Naomi? Generic Japanese ghost. 
I tried to look away. The reveal was Didn't great. Didn't want to see her in the mirror that night. The design was normal, but the reveal was was awesome. I I yeah, like it was the thing where I was like, oh yeah, it's that's a that's a Sadako. That's a Sadako adjacent. Yeah. But hundred percent. I was like, oh, he wrote Sadako. He wrote Ring, and I was like, oh well, you know what? Listen, you're allowed to play the hits, my guy. He also, he like, really only does one thing. He he like. You know, like stereotypically hey, true, Japanese, like just like do the same thing, but like refine it over and over and over. Koji Matt, Suzuki writes true. Ring for every book. He he also writes books about fatherhood, that's unless true. Ring is about fatherhood. Ring is also about <laughs> Which, fatherhood. Damn. Then never mind. I take it back. <laughs> it's like how every Haruki Murakami novel is the same. Yeah, but in very specific ways. He's possessed by a ghost. He attacks. Uh, Yuri with an anchor and then locked, but only bonked her, I guess. Because no all she has is like a big welt. And she just gets welted. Might as well be a big comical like red thing that has like a bandaid on it or whatever. <laughs> I love that. She's got that. <laughs> what was and up with the arms? That was really yeah. Well, that okay. was sick. And this is where things are lost in. This hilarious. is where things are are lost in the editing. Is that, that again, was where was a, I was this like, was wait cut a by a third, and it's you. You get him attacking her with an anchor, and then it's smash cut to. Jack waking up in another room and it's like he wasn't even the one being attacked. Why were you unconscious? Where did you go? But he got knocked out apparently. Uh and then yeah, he's got to fight one on one against possessed EG who keeps swinging the anchor at him and he gets a knife out. He and he stabs him, but it's more like EG like tried to descend on him while he just had the knife out. So yeah. kind of stabbed himself. Don't fall on a guy holding a knife. And apparently you apparently wow, is he Elliot Smith. Apparently, how you exercise a Japanese ghost is you just stab the person who's possessed, and then the ghost exits, and then all the injuries that he actually had from the propeller and shit suddenly manifest, and he like kind of falls apart. Yeah, I hate when that happens to me. Which was cool. Uh, um, yeah, this was that was a pretty pretty fun scene. I, okay, yeah, that was that was the thing too. Where when I was watching, and I was like, "Wait a minute, why did his arm just? What is going on?" Travis said the same cool thing. When his arm falls off, had to put it extra cool him. what they do with the arm later. That was cool. That was fun. Also the hilarious Evil Dead to imagine shit. the filming of that. Yeah, I yeah. was also thinking of Evil Dead 2 as the severed arm is attack, then attacks uh, as Jack goes to try and rescue Yuri from the bathroom, which is rapidly filling with water. Um, I guess for some reason this boat's bathroom is watertight. Yeah. No, the, yeah. uh, it's magic water, guys. It's magic water. Yeah. Oh, right. She's yeah. also getting beaten up by, as, as they're flashbacking to him killing his first wife, Every bludgeon that she suffers is now suffered by your yeah, by like, the Bleh. ghost bludgeoning her now. Yeah, that was a lot. In the water filling bathroom. There was a lot going on. Yeah. There was you guys so think much. You could defeat a severed arm, a disembodied arm. Could I fight one disembodied arm? Yeah, I'd look like making fucking mantle with that arm. Are you kidding? Because he has so he he really struggles with who's, it. And whose like, arm is it though? Because if it's like if it's like a baby's arm, yes. If it's John Cena's arm, it's a Japanese businessman. Oh yeah, who's kind of large. Arm? I could take that separate arm. Yeah, done. Especially the way that he defeats the arm by just like <laughs> eventually overpowering it and whacking it a bunch of times on like That's a tabletop. Exactly. Yeah, and then he just tosses it. I'm grabbing that arm and I am like, I am, I, I, I am playing whack a mole on my door <laughs> it frame. Was fun. It was but I want to go back. Alex is correct. If it was John Cena's arm, I'd be like, damn, dude, what am I gonna do? <laughs> I just I'm imagining screwed. like the rocks arm. I'm like, what the hell is that hammock <laughs> doing heading towards me? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Whose yeah. arm would you recognize? 
most um, of my friends Jill's from tattoos. tattoos. Yeah, it'd yeah, be a tatted up. Yeah, tattoos. yeah, yeah. We can, we all got yeah. to the same answer. We all got to the same answers there because I was like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, stabbed the ghost out of whatever. Fought the severed arm. Uh, bathroom's filling with water. She gets the vision of what happened to the wife. He's able to bust her out of there uh, and save her, and she explains what's going on. Oh, we then, forgot to mention that the whole time. Not the whole time. The radio does get destroyed. But um, he hears on the radio, he hears Sean calling his name. Yeah. On the radio yeah, the whole it, time. And I needed <laughs> him to explain that one to me. It didn't sound like anything. Yeah. Well, and also you'd been asleep during the Oh, yeah. First I was scene, asleep so. for the first 20 minutes. Uh, so- <laughs> <laughs> That's the energy we need from our guests is I slept through it's a good chunk of this. the dog woke us up at 4.30. Yeah. It's... Okay, so anyway, then the then the then the ghost appears to be possessing Yuri, or 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 at least the ghost itself just is attacking. Yeah, Jack, and he's about to hit her with like a small axe thing, but then the ghost of Sean. <laughs> that is what a hatchet is. Yes, a small hatchet. That's thing. why I said it. <laughs> I just was like, "Well, let it go." I just going to say it. We can move on. But yeah, that is the exactly ghost of, the ghost of Sean grabs his arm and stops him from doing that, and then he realizes it's just Yuri, and she's not possessed. It was all an illusion. Also, one of my illusions. I hate when it's an illusion. I hate yeah when the ghost reveals that it has other powers like that. Yeah, but I do love when 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 my drowned brother's spirit arrives it's like hmm and i love it even Which is more like, how did you get here did you also drown in tokyo bay no uh he's tied to uh he's just a, a watchful spirit he's he not just vengeful. haunts he haunts jack yeah in yeah his own way. He, he needs he, all of the dreams that he's been giving or him trying to get jack to be like let go trying jack. to hang out let go nah he's just trying he's just trying to hang but it's he's awkward haunt. it's a good haunt just trying to vibe uh alex What's that movie? This is you better get this one. Oh but no! You saying it's a good haunt? What's that one where Zac Efron's haunted by his dead brother's ghost after like a sailing accident? Uh, uh, is that Cloud? Um, Saint Elsewhere? No, no, that's the movie. Cloud Saint oh, Charlie Saint Cloud. Charlie Saint Cloud. Thank like, you. Now we got there. And there's a cloud in it. Okay. Yeah, cloud yeah. I believe Saint that's where. Yes. Um, I've not seen it, but I know it. What's the rom com where Eva Longoria is a ghost? I know the one where Henry Golding is. Uh, the one you're talking about is Over Her Dead Body. Oh, I've seen a, that. Wow. A movie where, yeah, Eva Longoria is a ghost trying to stop Paul Rudd from dating Lake Bell. Um, but Lake I, Bell sucks in the, yeah. Uh, Travis, this is during the, uh, the, high concept, the high concept ex-girlfriend era uh, <laughs> around the same time as my super ex-girlfriend. I'm going to tell you when this was. This was during the period where it was Eva Longoria Parker. Was that is the name on the building? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony, Tony, Tony. So yeah, what he wanted, what this whole time, the brother, uh, uh, what um, Sam, sorry, what Sean wanted was to just Charlie Saint Cloud with his brother. He wanted to play catch every now and then and <laughs> remind him of the moment that he horrifically died on a, a small boat where he totally could have saved his ass. <laughs> but hey, that's just a gentle ribbon. They, they both failed there. That was really. My takeaway. Yeah, if you're on a boat Had like that and you don't have a life vest on and you also swim that badly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that kid should have been signed up for some swimming lessons before he went out on a boat. Do you know how many of my hats or? are worth um, uh, like potentially risking stuff like this and going into the water? None. I don't. Uh, none. I don't care. 
I don't go into water. I have a lot of hats. You died, died from hype beastry. <laughs> My favorite hats aren't hype beast hats anymore, actually. So I'm moving on. I'm a new wow. person. Yeah. Just like Jack. Not hard to find a hat. Now that he's been freed, because what happens is, uh, you know, they, 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 he, he jumps overboard. He gets over his fear, and they think they've escaped, you know, from Yuri, but then she appears again and possesses, or sorry, uh, thinks he's uh, Naomi. For Naomi. Uh, but she's put, she possesses Yuri, and uh, they're getting dragged underwater, and, and uh, Jack's trying to pull her back. And then Sean intervenes again and drags Naomi's ass to the bottom of the ocean. Fuck yeah. Like yeah. Should, I guess maybe down, I mean, they're dead, so maybe down there he's like, hey, listen, we should have a conversation. We should talk. <laughs> you can come to terms with what's happened to you. I came to terms with what happened to me. We can but move first, on from let's this get world. Far away from the living. Yeah. Yeah. They can't know the things that we're going to do and yeah. say. And um, you see Jack is finally married. freed. Then there's a sunset, yeah. He's sailing. He's overcome sunrise. his fear. Sunrise. I, I, I don't know. The sun. It, it could be either. Sunrise. I don't know. I don't know what time it was. I don't know which which direction the sun was coming from that day. Well, I mean, I know which direction it was coming from. I don't know if he was. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, like, I don't know if he was sailing east or if he was sailing west. I'm not a boat faring type. I'm not nautical. I'm not a business boy with this business boat. But yeah, they get married. End of Masters of Horror. Showtime canceled it. They tried to bring it back on ABC under the name Fear Itself. Oh, that's what Fear Itself is? And also try to do... Yeah, and there's also Masters of Science Fiction. I saw that. It'd be funny to do anthologies of like Masters of Legal Drama. Oh, hell yes. Masters of Corporate Thriller. Oh, my God. Now we're talking. <laughs> Tony Gilroy presents from the... T- I mean, Masterpiece Theater is kind of this also. <laughs> Masters of Period Piece. Yes. But yeah, that was um, that was Masters of Horror. Uh, kind of redeemed itself, but like that first episode was pretty grueling to watch. First episode was actually bad. This one was just boring and also messy because of it was very clearly heavily edited from its original it fine. form. It's fine. Which, which is, is like what, which is sometimes I need that. This, this one has a much lower IMDb rating than the first one. It does, and that's, that's what matters, Travis. The people of IMDb weren't really crazy about really any episode of this show, but I think oh, okay. it was like a six point five for the first and a five point one for Dream Cruise. Wow! Can you give me the the tomato meter? Can you you know <laughs> these other was it rotten? Did they make it rotten? Well, unfortunately, though, now it's time for us to close the door on Masters of Horror. And I will be inhabiting the body of, of Stephen. Yes. Uh, he, Stephen, the spirit of Stephen has... I'm going to channel him now. You're Stand haunted back. by Stephen because you just go... Huh! At it's random good, times. Stephen... <laughs> 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 Oh, I what do you got for us okay. next week? Uh, wow. Yeah, how, how, in what way are you killing Masters May and not doing the bit, breaking the number one rule that you follow in your life, yes and? I am breaking the yes and bit to pick the simple life. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. I've seen all uh, of this show, so I cannot talk about it. I've never even heard of it. Oh. Do you want to be a special guest? Sounds Say like it's good. You no, know yeah. the simple life. So, Alex, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. I want you to tell me everything you think you know about the television program, The Simple Life. 
Starting now. Um, it's a reality cooking TV show where they teach you how to cook basic home things like how to, I don't know, maybe hard boil an egg and peel the shell off, um, <laughs> make scrambled eggs. It's, it's more. It's a, a mostly egg based show. <laughs> <laughs> a grilled cheese sandwich, <laughs> a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. A salad. And that's time. Simple things. Yeah, those simple things. No, uh, The Simple Life, of course, is the American reality television show starring Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie that shows the socialites doing manual low-paying jobs. They show this at the Burlington in Chicago, Illinois, every single time <laughs> I'm there. Every time I'm of there. Of course. The Simple Life. Of course. On. There's a bar um, that I like here that always has... There's like four TVs and I think like... I know one is always anime, and then one is also something always like a Simple Life-esque, like something in that same vein, where it's just like, you know, we're just doing this. That's fine. These are our little quirks, whatever yeah. gets you through the day. <laughs> and that's what we're going to have to do as we get through the Simple Life. Uh, and uh, we get to talk about the failed spinoffs. We get to talk about socialites. We get to talk about ironic enjoyment of the works of Paris Hilton that many people now do. Yeah. Talk about DJs. She's just one of those people to me that's famous for no reason. Like Kim Kardashian. Which well, I know we'll talk about why she's famous. I, I know uh, the you got it. reasons are. You got, it. you got it in one. Uh, they're famous because yeah. rich. But that's, that's next week. Uh, oh, so nice. instead, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Alex, thanks for joining us. It was lovely to have you on as a last minute guest because... Yeah, um, you, the you know the perspective that you brought on the first episode was honestly yeah. necessary. Uh, also shared by all of you anyway. So yeah, but, but thanks for letting me rant in a semi-public forum. Yeah. <laughs> like. And um, Matt, thank you for uh, fine production work uh, week in week out. Stephen, can you bring us home?